Welcome to Fly Cool Shit. Fly Cool Shit. A podcast about flying cool shit. Join us weekly where we talk about aerobatics, warbirds, tailwheel flying, unique aircraft, and much, much more. Let's start the show. You're cleared into the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, episode 22. What's up, Jeffy P? Not much, just working on my intros, you know, trying not to be awkward. But um, I think I think you nailed it that time. Right? That was pretty smooth. It was like, really good. Just ask, ask me what's up. What's up? Up dog. You son of a bitch. <laughs> that was terrible. Come on, do it. Just go along with it. Up dog. What's up dog? Not much with you. No, shit, fuck. Um, <laughs> I, I got so excited that you were going to say it that I forgot my line. <laughs> Wait, you say, what's up, dogs? Like, not much, man. What's up with you? And then anyway, here we, I already blew it. We're like 20 seconds oh, in, and we have like the, the best show planned right now. And is our guest still here? Did he leave? He probably no, left. I left. I left. You lost, <laughs> you lost me. What, what's up, dog? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We have the awesome, amazing, fabulous Matt Chapman on the show today. What's up, Matt? Well, uh, not a lot, man. It's, uh, it's exciting <laughs> what's up, to dog? be here. Yeah, what's up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, seeing it's uh, episode 22, I'm not really that cool, but uh, I'll take it. You know, I'm not proud. Well, I would blame that on our producer, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He well, schedules well, the guests uh, and he just does a terrible job. We, we rank them in, in order of importance and then he just like scrambled it. There you go. Yeah. Reverse reverse order of importance. Yeah. 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 Just, just, really tell me, wanna... just tell me, please, you haven't had Goulian on yet. No. Not yet. Uh, I would never, I win, I would I never do that to you. I win. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> I mean, the guy flies a Stautica, for Christ's sake. Who the hell flies a Stautica? Stautica, I know. Stautica <laughs> with a New Jersey accent. Get some coffee in my... Oh, yeah. No, he's Boston. So I wonder if he probably says it like... Stop. Statica, right? Is that yeah. how Goulian says it? I'm going to get in the car and fly the Statica. Hey, hey, Karen, I'm going to fly the Statica today. I'll see you later. <laughs> Dude, if Goulian talked like that, it'd be so awesome. It would oh, be. Man. How much more famous would he be? <laughs> I th- no, I think he'd be less famous. You think I so? I do too. Yeah. Oh, man. I do too. I think it would and add to the character. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Michael's. everybody. Yeah, Michael's taken uh, speech therapy classes to lose that accent for his fame. <laughs> yeah, I, I apparently Rob and him went to the same like coach, I guess, because Rob doesn't really have an accent either. No, neither <laughs> of them sound like they're from that area at all. Yeah. What? Is, how Gosh. much do you hate Mike Goulian on a scale of one to ten? You know, I'd say twenty. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny, man. I could go on for a while about old Mikey G. So that's what we're going to Michael, get into. Michael oh, entered the aerobatic uh, world or the contest world while I was on hiatus in between selling my home built pits, pits S1 and building a laser. So during that like nine month period, I hear about this spoiled rich kid from Boston <laughs> that's, that's taken the scene by storm. And, and I hated him. What was he flying at that point? 
he was in an S1. Must have been S1. an S1, yeah. Yeah, a little S1, short gear, you know, a little red and white thing, like they all were. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I finished my, my laser. I don't know when I finish it, but my first contest was Maytown, Mount Joy, Elizabeth Town, whatever they call it, Donegal Springs out here in Donegal Pennsylvania. Donegal Springs. That's you where remember the, uh, those days? Well, I was like late in the game, but I, I managed to go to a couple there. And I remember getting there and like you, I couldn't find the airport. It's this little shit <laughs> yeah, airport. But no one could. But I remember <laughs> just smelling cow shit for like days. Amish country, remember man. That? Yeah. Oh, my God. And yep. everything looks the same. I remember because I was flying on Long Island, you know, I was down at the beach flying up now. And so I had a great reference. I had the beach. It was just a reference. And I remember my first figure or a second or third, whatever the heck, it was like a Cuban or something. So I'm pulling around the backside. And as I get, you know, through inverted and pull down, like everything looked the same. I had no fucking idea where I was. <laughs> right. Yeah. You had cornfields and Three Mile Island. That was it. Yeah. And that was a contest that there was always, from what I understand, at least one person in a pits would ground loop or something happened on the runway there. Like oh, there we had several like bad events up. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. But they kept the Nobody got hurt. Going. <laughs> so. And then there was one fellow. I won't mention any names, but I know you know what I'm talking about. But he managed to like, didn't he like every model pits he managed to just mess up on landing or something? Wow. I don't I don't know the name. Oh, wow. I'll message it to you right now as we talk. I'm, I'm trying to think who you're talking about, but <laughs> uh, little inside, inside, yeah, inside baseball. Yeah. So was that it, so that's your least favorite contest, I would assume. No, it it wasn't because it was it's my home chapter, chapter fifty eight, and they were awesome to me. They raised a bunch of money for me um, for the two world contest I participated in, and they were very generous. Oh, wow. So you know and. Uh, a lot of the chapter, uh, what are they called? The, uh, the the first people of a chapter, the uh, uh, founding members. Founding members uh, are still friends of mine today, and 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 a, a couple of them had a lot to do with me getting involved in competing in the first place. So all good memories from chapter eight, except meeting Michael Gullion. Yeah. So it just all circles back to that. Yeah. So it was my first contest with him. <laughs> he was in advanced and I was in advanced. I show up in my brand new shiny red, white, and blue laser. And we go head to head for the weekend. And, you know, of course I beat the little spoiled rich kid. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and I, and I, I oh, beat him bad. I, I spanked him. You know, he and his, he and his perfect hair. He, and he was <laughs> Just all pissed off. We laid down you the know, law. Oh, yeah, we'd walk past each other and, like, bump shoulders, you know, the whole WWE kind of shit. You know, oh my I'm glad you brought that up because we talk, I love I it. talk about that so frequently that it needs to be more competitive at contests. Don't you feel like it's gotten to be too friendly? I don't know because I haven't been to one in forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, if it was, like, any other sport, like, you don't talk to the other team. But, like, you know, I'm talking now, like, worlds and everything like that. You know, regional is regional, but you go to worlds and like every country is like just, you know, drinking, hanging out and shooting the shit with each other. I'm like, we're against everybody. What are we doing talking to these guys? There is some truth <laughs> to that. And I remember I remember Fond du Lac and, and the U.S. Nationals where you get down there and everybody hated everybody. It, there was nothing enjoyable about being at either of these yeah. contests. That was Even, a big yeah. contest, right? 
Oh, which Fond one? Like? Yeah. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, the yeah. IEC Championships, man. Yeah. Um, there was like uh, thirty unlimited competitors that can actually fly unlimited. That's oh, so crazy. That's insane. Yeah, at a minimum, thirty, and and you had. I mean, the total contest numbers were above a hundred every year. Yeah, and but people can actually like win. You know what I mean? Like now you go to unlimited at nationals, and there's not. I mean, there's not even ten competitors, but like four of them or three of them or, you know, it's just not what it was. I don't know what else. To say. You know, I I I I agree with you, and I hate to take away from anybody that's made the commitment regardless of ability, but made the commitment to compete on that level, make make the financial sacrifices, go to freaking Texas or wherever they are now, Kansas, yeah. and and just beat their brains out three and four times a day, two and three times a week training for this crap. It's yeah. it's tough. It is yeah. tough. And and <laughs> I mean, it is sad when you see 10 people show up for the U.S. Nationals on an unlimited team year. And, you know, essentially, they're all going to make it. They're all, yeah. Yeah. They're I was not, thinking yeah. about showing up in a decathlon. If I could just score one figure. Right, right. <laughs> and, get on and, the team. <laughs> and the reality is, and so many people don't want to accept this, is you take, let's say, the the bottom half of that group – and you put them in a world contest, and they're just taking up time, man. It's mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's the. I that's mean, the they thing. need and they need experience. If first to fly or something. Yeah, they need experience, and and we all needed experience, and you know, we all we all learned on on the world stage. But uh, how do you solve that problem, not, though? You know, because like you know, it is funny uh, that you mentioned that it's like they're killing time, they're wasting time. Or, or, you know, obviously they're gaining the experience for themselves, but yeah, you, you are so competitive or you've made it on a national level to then go compete at worlds to then be at the bottom of worlds. And so th there's gotta be a huge gap in the ability to be competitive there. I mean, like, how do you bridge that gap other than just experience? Oh, uh, well, other than experience, I, I, I think, you know, we've just had an intrinsic, just kind of a change to aerobatics in general in the world, um, you know, getting back to the whole Mike Gullian thing and me showing up there, he was in his home-built pits. I started in a home-built pits. I, I moved up to a world-level airplane in building my home-built laser, and it was super ultra-competitive when I started building it. And a year later, Walter Extra came out with the Extra 230, and then the 260 and then the 300 and the L and the S and, and all that. And we went from a, a field of 70 and 80 airplanes that were all home-built $20,000, $25,000 airplanes yeah. to a field of elite uh, quarter-million-dollar airplanes a few years ago, up to half-million-dollar airplanes now. That really Dude, was like the, that. Really was the the kind of the fork in the road, wasn't it? Like getting away from the lasers and S ones, and then moving on to extras and caps, and and then now MX or you know even Sukhois, but now MX and extra and Gamebird yep. um, yep. were half a million's the entry point. Yeah, and as as a young guy, I mean, I built my pits. God, as a as a flight instructor, making seven eight thousand dollars a year. Yeah, uh, and then a charter pilot making twelve hundred bucks a month. I I built and competed, doing that, 
And had I been wanting to get into aerobatic competition then with the expenses of today, you'd never have heard the name Matt Chapman in, in aerobatics. It, yeah. it would never have happened. Yeah. And, and you wonder how many people with great potential are sitting it out never to compete or never to pursue it further than they have because simply because of the economics. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, it's Indi- nuts. IndyCar, Formula One. NASCAR is is who's got the backing. Right. Mm-hmm. So hell, even major sports, look at football and baseball. And, you know, it's it's all about who can who can pay for the most <laughs> the most talent yeah. or who can who can provide the most uh, resources. And I guess yep. it, there's just no fixing that. I mean, or there's certainly no reversing it um, right. unless maybe they make the 200 horsepower rule again or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, boy, that went away really fast, didn't it? The whole advanced oh AWAC thing with uh, 200 horsepower or limited airplanes. I love or, that rule. And then Mark, right? all Do of it, a sudden. Am I not an advocate? Got, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I feel like that but, ruined Unlimited, to be honest. Um, because it like it a lot of the field, because now, now that they can fly bigger machines in advance and not have to do an outside flick, um, they're like, well, fuck, I'll just stay in advance. I can fly my SC and still go to Worlds and not at the outside flick. So now everybody who was, um, you know, when you were forced to have to fly an underpowered airplane, you didn't have a choice if you wanted to fly an SC at Worlds, say. So you had to fly unlimited. So now, you know, there's just people out there that just don't like pushing that much and they don't have to. <laughs> right? I don't like pushing. <laughs> yeah, me so, neither. So you made the comment about what, what I forget the, the exact way you put it, but what what hurt or what wrecked competition or unlimited competition. I, (laughs) I'll look at videos of Leo Loudenslager on YouTube back when he was world champion. And I looked at it and I went, Oh my God, he did a four point vertical roll with a hammerhead. And that was the level of unlimited competition. Yeah. And, And then I cast my mind back to 1998 when I was in Slovakia and did really well on the U S team and, and everything being relative. When I look at how I flew in that contest versus how the unlimited competitors are flying today, I am today what Leo was to me. Uh, now, you know, he was doing such basic unlimited stuff. And when you look at what Rob Holland and, and the, the teams are doing in unlimited competition today, there's not a chance in hell I could fly that stuff. Yeah. Um, Who's Rob Holland? He, Never heard of her. He, <laughs> Never he, heard of her. He, yeah. She has great eyes, let me tell you. <laughs> she has great eyes. <laughs> where so, do you think people like Rob Holland take, take free, especially freestyle? Like, where does that, what does that look like in 10 years? You know, like, it, it really is incredible. Um, and obviously would not be, would not be capable without the machines that these, you know, unlimited freestyle competitors are, are doing, but did you, uh, did you, ex- I mean, would you have ever expected to see uh world freestyle competition look like it does today? And, you know, well now, I mean, not that we have it this year, but in 2021 or, you know, 2019 or whatever, you know, no, go, go back to 1972 when Hillard won the, the freestyle doing a torque roll for God's sake. <laughs> And, and right, again, right. I'll go back to Slovakia uh, because that's the last time I've been to a world contest. And the, the freestyles there, the four minutes, as they were called, um, you know, the French were kind of the cutting edge with their 
you know, th- th- we weren't even inside tumbling then. I don't even know what you call it. I called mine the Raptor, but you know, you come off the top of a a tumble and then you ro- rotate the airplane ninety degrees stationary, a- and that was that was revolutionary. So you know, however long that that was ago, I, I, there was no way I could even imagine the. F- the, the freestyle stuff going on today. So knowing that to sit here and, and even try to think where freestyle is going to be in 10 years, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I just know Rob Holland won't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he blows. Okay. I mean, that guy's going to blow his freaking <laughs> brains out. I'll tell you, I mean, he's not going to be able to walk straight in two or three more years. You know, do you think it's that hard on him? Oh, dude, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I can barely get out of bed in the morning and and I all I ever did was basic aerobatics. It, it was it was crazy. Um how, Wait, how did you meet Rob Holland? I want to hear it. Was he like <laughs> was he really young? No, I my first air show with him. Here, <laughs> It's too funny. Here's another guy I'd I'd never met, and I hated him before meeting him. (laughs) Did you just spank him at it? You just spanked him at a competition or an air show, too? You just walked around? No, we we went to an air show. We were in in, uh, Martinsburg, West Virginia, and uh, we were asked to circle the skydivers after the mayor spoke. So Rob and I took off, and and it was one of these really cold, you know, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, cool dude. And I'd heard he was a shit-hot formation guy, and I had led um, Michael Mancuso, who we all know and love, with the Klein Tools Extra for years. We had our little our, our thing going for four or five years. And, and Michael, to me, was and still is the world's best formation aerobatic pilot. He Let, flew wing just do like a sidebar nobody. Here? Yeah. I need to do a sidebar with Mike Mancuso. I've well, I haven't yeah. flown with a lot of maybe like I've flown with maybe six people that can actually fly formation, and like then there's like all these other people that say they can fly formation and they can't. Exactly. And I have never met anybody besides Michael that is that smooth. The guy is incredibly smooth. It's, I can't even describe it. Like you, you know, people like jockeying the throttle, and you see him like twitching, and and it's like the guy is just there. He doesn't move. He's a prodigy. Right? Does he still yeah. fly? Yeah. I it's mean, in so any capacity. Frust- no, it's so frustrating. He like just ah, he's just goddamn man. He's sh- he's just so good, and he just doesn't know what I don't think. <laughs> uh, he, he I don't he know if it. he knows it or not, but <laughs> damn, that guy always had the prettiest girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, Mike guy. Mike's got game, man. He's got game. Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> anyway, you know so. Yeah, back so to, I get uh, to I get this air, Rob, I get Bobby to this Holly. air show and Rob and I take off to go hold off in some direction and wait for this mayor to finish, and he's going on and on and on. And uh, it, Rob's just sitting off my wing, and we're getting bored. And I just look back at him, and he smiles. <laughs> so I just I just kind of pulled up and did a real gentle right hand wing over, came out, and I look back, and he's still there. So I did a left wing over, and he's still there. And then, and then I, I pulled, pulled up and did a, like a really big right hand wing over, you know, partially inverted. And I look back and he's got this big shit eating grin on, grin on his face. (laughs) So then I, so then I do a barrel roll, 
then I start screwing in my propeller and my mixture and the power comes up. And the next thing you know, Robin and I are out there doing full-blown formation aerobatics. <laughs> Never having met or even spoken. We're at full oh power. My God. And we're doing this for like 15 minutes. And this mayor is still talking and we both run out of fuel. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they finally call us in. And I don't remember whether I went first or Rob went first, but I pull vertical and because I always came in screaming at Mach 2 and I pulled vertical for multiple rolls. And about the third roll going vertical, I ran out of gas and I dead sticked it into the airport. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so so Rob and I had a great laugh over that. And then Sunday, he was actually leaving that air show going direct to Denison for the U.S. Nationals. And I knew it. We'd, we'd hung out. We, we kind of bonded. I no longer really hated him. I just didn't really care for him at that point. <laughs> so I, I helped him pack Love his it. airplane and fuel it up. And he actually, man, he hopped in the airplane, flew from West Virginia to Denison, Texas, got there in time, unloaded the airplane, flew the four minute and won the damn thing. So He's just fresh. It's like Mark said. He's, he's kind of a big deal. frustratingly good. Yeah. 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 But... I feel like we actually voted to have that Rob needs to not be allowed the four minute free. He's only allowed 30 seconds, the 30 second free. And, and everybody still, else gets and four still, minutes. And he'd still win. Oh, he'd still yeah. fucking rob. Imagine him oh packing the K, the K value in a 30 minutes or 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, a footnote to that little story. The the and I'll be I'll get hate mail for this. But the Texans saw to it that a rule was not followed and he was actually disqualified from that four minute. But he did win it. Oh, wow. There was so, Texas, and I know we can't talk about it. Well, because everything is hearsay. We'll just say that. And it's like disclaimer alert. But like, yeah, you know, you hear good, but you hear there was some some funky stuff going on in Denison. I'll tell <laughs> I've heard yeah. some funky stuff going on down there. <laughs> well, you know, it's, but, um, it's, it's a club and every club has the people that have to be in charge you know the big fish and the little pond syndrome and the iac yeah. it's it's a little pond so yeah it's, it's too bad like everybody can't sit members. back and enjoy it which is sad yeah. i mean back when i was in it jeff i don't know how long you've been an iac or 30 days but um <laughs> <laughs> i mean th there were like 10 12 000 members back in the day what so, yeah yeah we have wow. I actually contacted um, Chapter Fifty Two um, and Fifty Eight, and I, you know, I actually get more involved. I'm, I actually have to email them soon. Uh, we had a phone conference, and what we're going to try to do is is try to push more for, you know, going after the university kids, the local universities that have flight programs, and just, you know, that twenty five to thirty or twenty to thirty demographic, because I feel my thing is, and I could be really wrong. But I just feel like the IAC, um, and I appreciate all the volunteerism, but I feel like people get the impression that you have to have an aerobatic plane or an, or an airplane to join this club. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. So, like, I want to try to just get people involved just to help volunteer and just be around aerobatic planes. And that might open the door for them, you know, but they just it's very like it's not very welcoming right now for like people who don't have planes. Don't you, you know what I mean? I, I it's been a while since I've been to one, but I totally get what you're saying, which is one of the reasons, and I kind of hate to say this, that I don't really participate on on any level anymore. I've 
Yeah. I've tried to be the mentor. I've tried to get um, people involved, and it's uh, it, it is it is challenging. It's an up. Unfortunately, it's an uphill battle. Hopefully, Jim Bork will maybe uh, try and you know get things squared away and moving more in the direction you're talking about. Are I wonder because Burke pretty tight because of the uh, remote control airplane stuff. I, I know him only, only through that and, and having worked with him a little bit in IEC talking to him at, at Oshkosh a couple times. He's a super good guy, obviously a smart dude. Um, and obviously extremely passionate yeah. about aerobatics yeah. and has made a huge commitment to, uh, to pursuing it himself. I mean, I remember when, when he was buying his first super decathlon and well, actually I remember when he bought his, uh, Eric Beard's yak 55, 54. And was it a 50? Yeah. 54. Yeah. I yeah. I flew that airplane. Yeah. Oh, and you survived. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of the only, it's the only aerobatic airplane I've ever flown that I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Understandably. Yeah, so, it's it's yeah. really not redeeming in any way. But <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Bork has had he's man, he's run through the 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 fleet list of aerobatic airplanes. He has, and I feel a little bad. Um, he called me for some advice at one point about whether or you not to just to go quit? into an just extra. Quit. <laughs> 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 no, I <laughs> I was gonna say something. Run for president, Jim. Uh, Don't fly. <laughs> Yeah. So he he was all over. Well, do I buy a super decathlon or something something you know more advanced? And I suggested he buy a super decathlon, not really knowing us and 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 how focused he was. And as so many people do, he upgrew the super decathlon in you know hours. Yeah. So wasn't long after that he ended up ordering his uh, his uh, LX. Yeah, is he so. a good RC pilot? Because he doesn't post any videos of him flying RC, so that makes you know, me like I, uh, a little suspicious. Honestly, I don't know that he does it much. I don't know if he does or not either. I know he's, you know, his claim to fame in the RC world are his websites and his, yeah, RC um, groups, right? Yeah, RC groups and a couple other. He used to have Flying Giants, yeah, and then of course um, Real Flight, the the Real RC flight. flight Simulator, which is an amazing program and just going yeah. in leaps and bounds. So yeah. he, I was really excited about him. He, he did that. Um, <laughs> he was working on the, uh, the ability to do some remote critiquing. I, I mean, I know he was doing it on YouTube for a while, but I thought he was working on an actual software to do this. And I haven't heard much about it lately, but it sounded really cool at the time. Um, yeah, that I, I remember thing. when he was doing those, those rem- remote, uh, critiques and, and I watched two or three of them <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I couldn't watch anymore. Uh, is it, it is it cringeworthy from the coaching or from the critique standpoint, or cringeworthy worthy from? I mean, like, what do you, are you not? Do you not like it as a medium to uh, to critique? Well, it's very new. I've never I've never critiqued that way, nor have I ever been critiqued that way. So yeah. I, I I can't comment. Um, I was just looking at what was being picked up on and mentioned and what was not. Okay. And and that's not entirely fair because everybody that you critique is at their own level and you have to start at the beginning. You know, right. you have to 
the ABCs. You've got a you have a building block method of learning aerobatics. So to take somebody and critique an unlimited flight for the first time, you can't overload them with over under, you know, not enough rudder, too much unloading, not enough unloading, stuff like that. You so I just yeah. It just frustrated me to see the things that weren't being talked about and the methodology of of how they were going about it. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair. It, I mean, because he's he's pretty. Um, you know, I, I mean, and it's not to diminish him, but he's pretty green. He's he rose through the ranks really quickly, and so there probably is a level of seasoning that maybe not be there for you know the eye of critiquing uh, to see those those minute I, things. Yeah, I agree. Who and who was your coach it, back then, Matt? Um, <laughs> I'm self, I'm self-taught, which I would never, uh, advise anybody to do. Yeah. Self-taught. You do just up in, like... I, I built a pits and I flew it and taught myself how to do aerobatics. Oh, God. I um, hate people like you. Yeah. You, he, yeah. Matt Chapman and Sammy Mason, dude. And they're like extremely talented. I'm, I'm beginning to pick up on a pattern here. Oh, wait a Teach minute. Yourself. Are you comparing uh, me to Sammy Mason? Oh, shit. No, no. <laughs> but Actually, that's a compliment because there's one he, very talented young man. He, oh, stop. He, no, makes, he really makes me aggra- – he aggravates the shit out of me because it, the fact that that kid he, – he literally can just – he could walk into an extra, maybe fly it, maybe ferry it on the way to a contest and, and practice once and then go do really – I mean like nationally well, top yeah, five, top three. Right. Yeah. yeah, top. Yeah. So, but you know what? I wasn't that guy. I I put a hundred hours on my on my little Pitts S one and beat the living crap out of it, trying to learn how to do aerobatics. You know, I thought the harder you pulled, the better you went. The faster you snap roll, the better. The, I didn't know about unloading snap rolls. So, so really, it, it was it was a challenge learning properly. Um, I sold a small share of my pits to a buddy of mine that I'm sure you all know, <laughs> Michael oh, Silberti. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so How the hell he was did a, that guy fit in the pits? How no shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, when, when, at this time, he was still a scrawny little string bean. He hadn't started pumping iron yet. Holy uh, shit. But he was a I love his videos because it's just, it's just his head in his videos. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> With with that hair, yeah, <laughs> and I've been it to, doesn't move. I've been trying to dissect what hair gel he uses. <laughs> yeah, and his neck just yeah. kind of goes into his shoulders. It's like Mike, put the camera yeah. somewhere else, man. Him and um, him and Philip Steinbeck have the best hair, I would say. Right, that's funny. So Even Michael, yeah. and here, man, here's a name from the past. Another one of our long long lost friends, Michael, as a student pilot went down and flew at Pompano with Randy Gagne, Canadian aerobatic pilot. And uh, Michael came back after 10 hours of duel with Randy. And son of a bitch, that guy could fly my airplane as a student (laughs) pilot better than I did after 100 hours. So I, I started learning some of the intricacies. Um... And then we went to a, a contest, f- uh, not Farmville, uh, Rocky. Oh shit, where was it? Orange? Did no, it was, it was down. Orange? It was down in North or North Carolina, Rocky Mount, North Carolina. It was Michael's first contest, and he won the damn thing in sportsman <laughs> as 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 a as like a a private pilot 
a week earlier, and people didn't believe that he was really doing that. But that, that's what that's what woke me up about needing to learn aerobatics. Fast forward, um, I get the laser. I'm doing that for a couple of years. I'm scaring the shit out of a lot of people at contests. I didn't know why. Nice. I was trying my best. <laughs> I was hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's a Miley Cyrus yeah. song that comes to mind here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I go to my first nationals and I, I see these guys flying and you go down to get to get critiqued and go to all these training camps. Well, it's all clickish. Nobody would let you in. You go to these airports, El Reno and Seminole, Oklahoma, and oh yeah. Nobody wanted you there. So yeah. Michael and I did the nationals. I came home and the next nationals I called a guy named Pete Anderson. I don't know if you guys remember the name Pete I've Anderson. I've heard the name, yeah, yeah. He had an extra. And, and I said, Pete, how do you get into these camps? And I asked for his advice. And, and he recommended I call Alan Geringer. Um, Alan's former wife was a team member. And Alan was a, a team manager and team coach. And I asked Alan if he would consider uh, training me. For nationals and he hummed and hawed and long and short of it is alan was the first person i ever hired as a professional trainer slash critiquer and hmm. alan wasn't great and i didn't need great i needed someone to get into my head um alan wasn't a great pull the stick back two inches hold it for three seconds push it to the left 10 degrees hold it close the you know that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. um he he was a he was a fly your best flight. Don't let other people mess with you. Focus on this. Focus was important. You know, he was, he was a head guy. And that's what I needed as a young pissed off. Everyone's against me competitor. <laughs> Not that any of us have experienced that before. Never. Um, and then, you know, Alan, Alan was great. I used Sergey Boryak for a while. I hear he's uh, tough. He's like um, intense. <laughs> He's he's <laughs> he's not listening to this anyway. He doesn't even have a computer, probably. He probably doesn't. Yeah. Um. You know, I just I think of Sergey, and I just think of Natasha and Boris going. The most in this squirrel must die. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. I, oh I'm, my god. Sergey yeah. and I was we're doing a, an air show up in Rhode Island together, and it's it is it's this Russian guy. He doesn't know how to navigate or talk on the radios in the United States. <laughs> So he says, Matt, I'm coming up now. You wait for me. You don't leave till I land. We come down. I get gas. We fly together. You lead me to Rhode Island. I'm like, okay, Sergey. <laughs> so it's like seven right, hours man. later. No, Sergey. You know, the sun's going down. It's like, I've got to get to Rhode Island for this air show. Well, the yeah. son of a bitch, he takes off in the clouds, flies in the side of a freaking mountain, ends up in, in a hill upside down on fire. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he crashes, and you know, you know, we're all worried about him. We get word that Sergey crashed. He's okay. He's gonna survive. He's in the hospital, and then we're all yeah. talking to Sergey, and he's like, "Yes, I'm on fire. I'm upside down, and I don't know what to do. And there's fire on my face." So I start, so I start punching out the plexiglass, and, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" As, as only Sergey could. Thank God he survived, because. He's he's one in a million. He's an awesome man. Beautiful wife. Um, yeah, he's intense. <laughs> and, and he he's was intense. tough, but he, he's very intense. 
but you know, from one day to the next, you don't know what you're going to get with Sergey. You know, you know, he he tells you to do something, you do it, and, he, and you don't do it right, and um, yeah, he gets all <laughs> and he gets all pissed off, and he says, "Do it this way, do it this way." So so you go up and you do it the exact same way you've been doing it, and he says, "There, I told you." That's better. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> no, so. totally. I was down. I brought my extra down to Florida. I had a camp with, uh, it was a long story, but um, basically I had a camp with Nikolai, but I was meeting a friend who was training with Sergey. I was like a day early. So I stopped in Keystone and um, I landed and unpacked and everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go fly. And you know, you guys got the box open. I'm going to go fly just to get some G tolerance for tomorrow. So I'm just dicking around, like just basically just doing G work, I guess. I don't know. And all of a sudden, he, this guy comes on the radio. Hello. I'm like, hello? <laughs> They're like, okay, I see you have snap suck. Um, try this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, he's just like, he's just, he's just one of a kind. There's nobody else like him. That's that's the right way to, uh, to say it. <laughs> that's so that funny. Is, that is funny. But he was very yeah. good. And actually, the year I did so well in Slovakia at the World Championships, Sergey was our team trainer. Oh, and I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. He, yeah. He was the reason the U.S. team did so well in, in 1998. He taught the U.S. pilots how to fly the way the European judges wanted pilots to fly at a world contest. Yeah. He's like the, um, I wouldn't say the originator, but I feel like he's one of the uh, quote unquote founding members of like that very aggressive style. You know, yep. Um, yep. the way he flies. And I don't think he gets enough, uh, you know, thinking about it now, I really don't think he gets enough appreciation for kind of that styling uh, that he does and everything like that. But, you know, yeah, I'm I not like sure seeing I, him fly. Again, I when he. Oh, man, let me tell you, nobody, <laughs> nobody <laughs> did shit like Sergey Boryak in an airplane. Uh, I yeah. was at the U.S. Nationals. <laughs> he was flying uh, the airplane that up in Long Island, they called it Bubblegum. It was a single seat. Oh, S. Pinky. Was yeah. it Pinky? Louisa Romero? No. Louisa Knapp. Uh, Lu- Louisa Knapp. Was it Louisa Knapp? It was her airplane. Yeah, and then Taco um, had it. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Rocky Hill ended up with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh, Sergey yeah, right. was flying yeah. this airplane at the Nationals. Mike Gooley and I were standing there watching Sergey fly, and he entered the box and did his opening maneuver, and the the first maneuvers downline was a double snap roll inside. <laughs> and that had a four, that had oh a four blade prop on it. So it was really whiny. <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you, he, he must've been going to buck 80 when he hit this double snap roll. You, you, you heard the airplane, you heard the airplane snap and Gouin and I just looked at each other and just went, Holy shit. That thing had to um, wind up like a motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, but here, here's a crazy Russian that's been flying Sukhois his entire life, flying his first U.S. Nationals in a in a German airplane, and it was like it's not yeah. my plane. Yeah. Oh, he so, fucked up Gulian's plane too. At in '96, he landed with like a with like an '98. El- it was Slovakia. He broke an aileron hinge off the skin <laughs> inside the wing. Yeah. Are you serious? You didn't yeah, hear about this? Serious? Mark? No. But it yeah, doesn't surprise me hearing he, about the way he flies. The aileron like just deflected full up or something like that, right? Yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> it the 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 ninety degree bell crank came completely off the in, internal portion of the wing. 
Oh. So I don't remember whether it was right or left aileron. Doesn't matter, but it was just out there flopping. Oh, you know what? I do, I do remember this now. So yeah. this is actually a great segue because I wanted to ask you. I was you know doing a little bit of a pre-production notes with Mark. You know, we usually spend about three minutes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one of the things that one of the things in my head is why would anybody get a three hundred S when you can get a Cap two thirty one EX? You could. That's what. So how'd you get you yours? Couldn't. Only six were built, and mine was serial number three, and I heard about it being for sale by the factory test pilot, Dominique Rolan. Oh, my God. And it was for sale because the 232s were just coming out. Oh, right. Uh, so, So they built six of these things. I think two went to the French Air Force. Dominique had one. I don't know where the others ended up. Um, I heard it was for sale. I contacted Dominique. He worked for Mudry at the time. Uh, long story short, it ended up, I, I was the buyer, uh, behind one or two other people. Um, so I was the first one in the country with an EX. Linda Myers was the only person prior to me with a 231. Mm -hmm. Um, she you know, but it sounds, but it sounds of it, it sounds like Boston Mike kind of had to settle for a three hundred S because then he went, he eventually he, well, went to the cap. That was it. I mean, three hundred S was it when I competed in ninety eight. It was the Sukhoi, the three hundred S, or the Cap two thirty two. Right. I mean, they were the airplanes. Um, but the three hundred S was never. No, it never did well at the World Contest. Never did. It's kind of, kind of a that's that's kind of the, the yeah the three hundred. I mean, it's be such a fun airplane to even own now just for fun. But that was what, that's what, one of those like almost black sheep extras that you know didn't yep. really have a a high level competition or, or popularity. I guess the SH. Yeah. I mean, the SHP is a better airplane, obviously, but um, yeah, the three hundred S is an interesting. It's it's funny that it didn't do better. Well, it was draggy. It it had a little bit of that football shape to it yeah kind of heavy it was heavy yeah um, yeah 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 so and again it was it was at a time in in the era of aerobatics when the sukhoi was was dominating with high horsepower and low air speed capability and the extra you had to fly it at mach 2 mm-hmm. yeah but the but the Russian style of flying was was dominant at that time. Yeah, very inside the box, very maneuverable, slower airspeed kind of stuff. Would yeah. you have gone yeah. to a three hundred S if you couldn't get your hands on that cap? Funny, um, I wanted to buy a three hundred S. I would but... have quit aerobatics. What <laughs> <laughs> you should ask? Yeah. I had an interview yeah. at uh, Blockbuster Video. <laughs> yeah, um, but I couldn't afford one. Um, and I, what was the Brian price difference Becker? at the time? Yeah. Oh my God. I think they were like a buck 80, 200,000 at the time. Okay. If I, you, I, you I honestly don't about. remember. Um, yeah. no, you know what? It was probably 300,000. It was probably 280 to 300 because I remember the old adage, uh, yeah. you buy an extra, they were what the first number was. So if you yeah. wanted a 200, they were 200 and change. You wanted a 300, they were 300 and change. I used to yeah, tell everybody back I, in the I day, do. an extra 300 is 300,000 and everything you want else is extra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I knew I couldn't afford that. And and Jim Mosier with Southeast Arrow was just an amazing guy. 
I heard he was a saint. It it just wouldn't work. Um, Called Brian Becker. He had two Sukhois. Um, He invited me to come fly them. And I asked him about financing. And he laughed and said, you're on your own. Hmm, And and that didn't help a young, newly married, in debt, low time airline guy making you know next to nothing yeah 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 um then i heard about this cap for sale and i've always liked the cap and getting back to alan Geringer, he you know he was like matt if if an airplane does it for you if you look at an airplane and you go that airplane does it for me i like it i feel good about it if you have that feeling at a about a plane, when you get in it, you're going to fly it better because you're going to you're you're going to feel better in the plane. Hmm. And I always like liked the way the caps looked. Um, so when this came available, um, I bought the thing for one hundred forty thousand dollars. Oh my god! It gosh. had like a hundred eighty wow. hours on it. Uh, showed up in the United States with it. Did well with it pretty much immediately. It shows beautifully. Um, I still think it's one of the prettiest it, airplanes ever built. It's it's got an interesting look to it. It's very athletic looking. It's yeah. It's, it's like that that flat ex- bottom of the fuselage, and then that that real uh, distinctive tail looks really good. Yeah, yeah. So I take my airplane to Slovakia, um, and I don't know I don't know how um, well known this is, but. You know, I, I'd been suffering from vertigo for about six months, nine months before going to Slovakia. And oh, I hadn't even flown aerobatics for two months before leaving. What brought uh, that on? And, get, and and obviously you solved it. But like, what, what brought that on? Or do you know? Negative, negative Gs. Okay. Pract- practicing hard, negative Gs. Yeah. You know, I, I must have been susceptible one day and I got it and never took the time off or got treated and and again, back in in the mid '90s, I don't think vertigo was as well understood as it is today. But um, I, I I took the time off from flying, but I never treated it. Go to Slovakia, and my first practice flight in Slovakia, I get I get the wobblies again and stand down. Holy shit! Um, but you know, our our team doctor was was a uh, ear nose throat guy that was doing research on vertigo with nasa <laughs> oh wow so he was totally up to speed on this and he had actually advised me prior to going about various things his name's tom muller he's big in the buker buker world right now tom muller you know an amazing guy so he was all excited when i got vertigo on this flight i come down from the flight <laughs> man i can't walk my eyes are all over the place and he's like oh let me over let me over i want to see so um <laughs> you know he's he's assessing me and and i'm all screwed up i i mean i couldn't walk oh that's scary so he he does this experimental thing on me at the time uh called the um oh oh it's it's very common now for for vertigo sufferers um the epley maneuver where you you identify which intense. ear is is causing the vertigo by by tipping your head back and rotating it and then sitting up and based on which direction your head is they can tell which ear it's in so so <laughs> oh, tom shit. did this to me 
identified the ear, then held me in this position so that so vertigo theoretically is uh, um, calcium deposits that grow on the cilia within your inner ear. Hmm. It like seaweed with deposits on it, and you have blunt force trauma to the head, and this this stuff that grows on your cilia breaks off. And now it's floating in your balance chamber. And every time this little chunk of broken free calcium hits your cilia or your seaweed, it gives a sensation of movement, which you're not experiencing. And it gives you the dizziness, you know. So the theory is to, to tip your vertical ear canal or your ear canal vertically and drain that broken piece of uh, um, a, a rock or or calcium off calcium, yeah. and have it go down into this canal, which has no more cilia in it. It affixes itself there. Then they sit you up. You don't, and they, they give you steroids. You don't drink alcohol. You don't eat salt. You, you know, you watch your body water intake. And, and over time, this piece of whatever it is settles in your inner ear and you don't have vertigo anymore. Holy way shit. too long and a story. So sorry about that. No, that's super yeah, interesting. No. I'm, I, that's that's super interesting. We, we we talk a lot about like the physiology of aerobatics, you know, and you hear about the people getting the wobblies, right? You know, you always hear about that. Uh, knock on wood, I've never – I don't do a lot of outside stuff, but knock on wood, I haven't ha experienced that. But then, you, you know, you hear about people that get the wobblies and then just hang it up, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hearing about a solution to to things like the wobblies and vertigo and um you know or any other physiological you know uh hurdles uh it's it's comforting and refreshing because you know a lot of times a physiological thing is like not something you can overcome <laughs> yeah a, uh, a lot of the time you're right and 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 i would say that today uh the wobblies are probably 75 to 80 percent correctable if done if done properly yeah and i'm living proof that's amazing um, so I, I hadn't, the team was there for two weeks training. I supported them as best I could in my neck brace, <laughs> you know, watching them. And here come the Americans. <laughs> yeah, neck brace. <laughs> exactly. And oh we God. had our, our, our practice day or our, I should say our Q flight, um, which was new that year. Oh, and luckily, flight, yeah. yeah. So luckily I drew three. Third from last, well, I don't know if it was third from last. I drew almost last in the queue, uh, so I had three extra days to uh, rehab, if you will. Uh, <laughs> came in, flew the airplane. I had a shot of steroids in my ass a couple days earlier, man. I was fucking. I Superman. feel like this is like the, this is the scene from Rocky when they're training the Russian guy Drago and they're just <laughs> yeah. shooting him up with needles, and they got yeah. Chapman running on a treadmill like on a ninety degree incline. <laughs> yeah, just just don't call me Lance Armstrong, okay? Yeah, like John so, Morrissey just got this like two liter needle like going right into Matt's ass. Like, don't worry, Matt, it'll be okay. It'll be all good. <laughs> If he um, dies, he dies. Yeah. If he dies, he so, dies. <laughs> so man, I come I come screaming into the box and do my thing and I I, I came in second behind Patrick Paris. Holy and shit. Everybody was like, Holy shit, where'd that come from? <laughs> so when you were flying that particular sequence, you were not thinking about the sequence. You were just like, God, please, I hope I don't get the wobblies again. <laughs> 
No, you know what? After the first maneuver, which was pretty brutal, um, I just settled down and said, there's nothing to lose here. Because, you know, you don't fly aerobatics for as long as I hadn't flown aerobatics. You're, you're not in it to win it. You're just, you're just, you're just there for the experience. Yeah, so yeah. for one of the first times in my life, I just flew with reckless abandon and it actually kind of worked. Um, yeah. and then, and then in the freestyle, <laughs> I freaking won the freestyle before they did the, uh, um, yeah, whatever it was called then, because you had the various numbers, uh, freestyle figures, you could vary them. So they, it was, was it called balancing or I don't remember it. This is the first time hearing of it uh, actually. Yeah. I flew a 12 figure freestyle and everybody else was flying nine and 10. Because yeah, you so, got bonus points, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's what it was, bonus points. So I, I won the freestyle before the bonus points were calculated. Um, uh, and, wow. and then came and then came second on the freestyle. I think it was second, second or third behind Pat, Patrick. And then the, the, the two unknowns we did, I did well in. But so wait, not, wait one, not one second. Well. So after the second flight, you were you, you were first? No, you were what place? No, were you in I was Bali? I was never first overall in anything. Um, but I was always top three up until the last freestyle, and then I th- then I fell to fourth overall, third man. What I'm gonna have to message you later just to find out which steroids you were using because I gotta get I gotta get <laughs> you some of those. <laughs> Where's Jeff? He'll be right back. He's in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> All of a sudden, next season, everyone's like, do you see Jeff? He gained like 40 pounds and he's benching 400. <laughs> right. He keeps punching out windows and then crying. I don't know what's going on. Your rage. This has got roid rage going. <laughs> yeah. So, What was your most memorable memory for, right. from like, you know, high level competition, either being nationals or worlds? Like, is there, is there like a pivotal moment? I mean, that's pretty... That obviously is a a standout memory from your career, but like, what could you? What would you say is like like the most poignant memory you have from high level competition? Like if, if you could put yourself back there for that five minutes, what what spot would it be? Um, not to be repetitive, but the world championships in '98. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that, that the? Pivotal. Would you say that's the high, highlight of your career overall too? Yeah, it has to be third third in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty much so. Um, yeah, it's an amazing accomplishment. It 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 is, and and I I think it's it maybe not as amazing at the time, but when you look back over history and the people that have not replicated it yet, makes me yeah. feel that much more. Uh, I don't know, proud or validated about sure. about what I was able to do. But I always weigh that against, again, getting back to the type of flying we did in, in the 90s versus the type of flying we're doing today. And I think uh, Rob, Holland, and, and all the other team members today have so much more to do to get to that level than I did when I was competing. Do you it's feel like that? That's most. Do Do you feel like? Would you attribute that to so like not solely to the freestyle? But I mean, do you feel like the gap between unlimited arresty, like the known, then versus now, is as big it's, of a jump? The, 
Yeah, it's the rule change. It's it's the arrestee yeah. today versus the arrestee of, of yesterday. Yeah. Um, and and all these new maneuvers, the new combinations, um, you know, single figures that are in the 80, 90, high 90K. Yeah. In my opinion, <laughs> are just, they're ridiculous. It, it, number one, no yeah. judge can fairly judge a 95K maneuver. No. So I've wondered that. that. That's funny that you mentioned that. Like, again, you I'm, can't I'm, even call it fast enough. That's the thing. That's you can't the, even tell the judge what no. it is before they are nope. done with it. So, like, I've wondered that. I've wondered that. But that's that. the theory. But that's the theory the Russians and the French went on in '98 because it was the very it was the very beginning of of where we are today. Uh, yeah. Dominique Roland from the French team, uh, the fellow I brought my cap from, one of his maneuvers was a, a lay down eight that was I don't know give or take 95k. You blow that maneuver, and you're, you're out of the contest. Yeah, right. But if, if but you, you do make well it, on it <laughs> you're golden. You know, yeah. it was the idea too to be. I mean, obviously, it's it's good to be ahead of the judging in terms of you know you you want to be you want to make sure you're on top of your flying and they're on top of you. But was was there an idea of having those high K value figures to literally beat out the judge's ability to judge the figure? Because I even still I feel like today you can, like how do you look at that and and analyze it in time? How do you do that? I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. But what I do know is there was, from the judge's perspective, a method and a, and a formula for judging the pilots to put the people you wanted as your, as your country's judge in right. order that you wanted them in. And you had to be very careful on how you scored them. So, and I think that stands true today, too. Yeah. Um, so... You know, you had to know how to play the game. Um, yeah, plus order but, of flight. Yeah, order of flight. I mean, <laughs> tell me you're going right? to do a lay down eight with snaps inside and outside and point rolls and aileron rolls. <laughs> and and any human eye and brain is going to keep up with it. I, I, you know, it's above. No, you're, you're three big, you're three figures behind still trying to figure out what you saw. You're, you're trying to remember what you saw. Yeah. I, I used to be an ISA judge. <laughs> I couldn't judge, <laughs> I couldn't judge a 90 degree inside roller for God's sake. <laughs> there's, there's too much going on. I'm like, okay, did he roll in the right direction? And did he come out in the right direction? Nine. Matt, Matt's the only IAC judge to get the wobblies from judging. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just out there. Ten, ten. Yeah. yeah, ten, fucking ten. Who gives a shit? Fucking ten. ten. Yeah, <laughs> Matt. Was the last time you? When was the last time you flew a, a sequence? Like whether it was uh, just for fun or or whatever. A, a competition sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Slovakia. Slovakia. You haven't second flown un- since. Slovakia. You s- sec- second unknown, baby. That's I it. Got that was the last time. I got out of the C5A in Westover, Massachusetts, hopped in my airplane and said, sayonara, IAC, never again. I was done. Never. What Give made Julian you? What? a swift tap on the hiney. Say, peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> well, Good game, bitch. I'm out. Yeah. You know, actually, the reason I did it was, was, was multifold. Um, you know, I'm an airline pilot. I couldn't walk a straight line because I I was so fucked up with vertigo. I'm like I don't <laughs> so, think I should be. I, see Matt, I don't like, think I should be. That, 
Yeah. <laughs> dude, I dude, I fell down in uniform on the jetway with my bags in my hand. Oh my so god. My steroids. <laughs> Get my steroid basket. Yeah. yeah. But but the good news is that happened before the world contest. Oh my so, god. I just picture um, like some little kid coming to the airline cockpit to say hi to you as a pilot and you're just shooting up and <laughs> the steroid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we might have to edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that one out. <laughs> or or, or not say American we're... Airlines, one of the two. You know? <laughs> That's um, fucking crazy. I didn't know you had the wobblies that bad. I'm glad you recovered. Yeah, so that, I that's got, incredible. So I got off the C5 like and went, I'm done. I'm married to my wife at the time, and we were trying to have kids. She had sacrificed a ton for my for my dream um and i just yeah. thought okay you know it's time for patty well let's 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 do this i don't need to do this anymore i'm third in the world for men you know if i do this again i'll go up two, maybe yeah. but most likely not or down a lot so i thought get out while the getting out's good um you know try to do the family thing Took advantage of a great world contest and got some sponsors with Lycoming and Hartzell and Champion and That's started sick. hitting the air show thing really heavy. And shortly after that, well, what, 14, 15 years ago, uh, you know, signing on with Embry Riddle to be their guy for, yeah. well, I did 13 years with them. Were you doing air Would shows you? at the same time as competition and then hit it full time or did you literally just put a different hat on it and go from competition to air show. No, I was doing shows the whole time. In fact, I actually started my air show career or I actually started aerobatics with air show flying in 1983. Um, okay. And, and that's when I was actually challenged that year by an IAC guy with chapter 58, John Watkins. Uh, he, he saw where I was going, you know, and he, he challenged me to go try a contest and see what I thought. So I went over to Red Lion cool. for my first contest. And, you know, by the, the end of the first flight, I was, you know, I was hooked. Um, yeah. So, but no, so I'd been doing air shows the whole time um, on various levels. Uh, but, you know, from 98 on, I was uh, doing them exclusively and anywhere from, I think the most I did in one year was 22 or 23, and then in the, my last last few years with Embry Riddle, I'd I'd pared that down to uh, to a dozen a year. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Oh, that's plus working awesome, with the man. airline. So. Yeah, you were just flying a shit ton. Jesus. Yeah. Hey, so I got a, I got a question for you. I'm ready. Uh, are, we're ready. Uh, and and this will need to be edited. Do out. I have to take Is my pants off? Yeah, well, partially. <laughs> is is there time for a pee break? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. You leave, you guys and we're me... just going to talk. Yeah, we're going to talk, talk shit about Gullian while you're gone. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're going to talk shit about me. No, give, no, give no. Me, <laughs> give, give me 60 seconds. I'll be right back, man. Sure. Thanks. So anyway, that, that guy from Boston. No, just kidding. <laughs> Statica. Get the Statica. Karen, I'm getting the Statica. I'm going to get in the car. <laughs> When you get in the static, yeah. Oh, man. It's got 300 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my old bird here. It's, it's six cylinders. <laughs> oh, God. 
fucking oh, Bostonian man. accents, dude. Ba- uh, accents, dude. It's awesome. It's such. I can't wait to have. And I can't wait to have uh, Gulen on to like just like. Hey, you should hear. You should have heard all the shit that that Chapman said about you. <laughs> He's gonna listen. Like I have like idolized Chapman and Gulen, you know, since I was a kid, and here Same. I am just falling down the trap of making fun of Gulen with Chapman, and then that whole all that effort I put into like idolizing him has just gone to shit. Gone down out the <laughs> 20, window. 25 years of my life <laughs> just like just ruined dumb. i know no the same dude i i remember i would stare both you know what both of their caps i i just remember that like the teal and white paint scheme you know and then um and then chapman having that uh that paintball scheme yeah no, Man. I love the way Chapman's. I love Chapman's biceps, and he's got really nice calves too. Yeah, are yeah. You, sorry, calves. Matt, are you back? Solid. He's a solid calf man. You sorry, know, I didn't know you were there. You know, do you know how hard I work on those? <laughs> we do. Yeah, we can tell. Oh my god! While you were gone, we actually got some uh, some listeners chiming in, and and one of the listeners they called in. Yes. Yeah, he was gonna. He told me to ask you about red. Your red pants. You had red pants at one point, I guess. Oh shit! <laughs> now, now you're totally screwing with me. Oh shit! Yeah, this guy must really know you. <laughs> no, but you know the cap for me. I wanted to before we kind of move on and shit. The cap, the cap for me is like my ultimate. Like you know how you love the Buker or the Booker. How wait? How are you supposed to say? Uh, is it Booker or Buker? You, I've heard both. Buker. Um, Buker and the Buker. Uh, the, okay. the 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 when you the U in Buker always has the two dots above it. Yep, it's called a umlaut, and it and and that's what creates the U sound. The Buker. Okay, so yeah, so, so like the cap for me is like my ultimate bucket list airplane. Just because I've heard so many, everybody who flies a cap is like it is the best feeling airplane you will ever get into. Well, and the funny thing is, after Slovakia, when I did well in mine, <laughs> everybody came home. Debbie Rin Harvey, Michael Gullion, and um, David Martin. They all came home and ordered 232s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, that they that would have been the highlight years for Cap. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. Because Patrick Patrick Paris had just won in his 232, and the Cap had dominated for several years in Europe. That and was the first so time they looked beat at, the Suk, too. The Sukhoi was yep, dominating that, for, like, yeah, eight years. It, it was. Yeah. You know, so those assholes, you know, leave Slovakia. <laughs> they order their cap. And, that and they, those assholes. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> they said, Chapman, this airplane, it's not you. It's the airplane flies so well. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Thanks so a lot, So they all team thought if they, if they bought the airplane, they could do as well as I could. Well, well. <laughs> and they and they could so <laughs> so the cat i mean obviously um that i mean that company <laughs> fell due to financial issues right um so what happened um they did the 232 and they had a fire in their maintenance hangar and lost a bunch of airplanes and I think that's when the beginning, the beginning of the end started. Oh, really? Um, and then, yeah, they didn't have so they were out of business for a while. And then the uh, Roban Aircraft Factory 
Roban, that little polyhedral low wing airplane in France or I always pronounce that Robin because I'm just okay it's the same thing dumb American oh yeah 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 <laughs> you know what yeah I'm talking about right so now. Yeah. so that that guy uh, or the son of that company bought the the rights to Mudri and named it Cap Aviation and they built a bunch of 232s and ultimately went out of business and and I don't know why they did but that was, yeah. a, I mean, such a such an incredible airplane to just up and disappear. Like I really kind of attribute it to Zivco with the Edge 540. It's like you guys create this thing and then it's just like you're gone. I mean, Zivco is still around, obviously, but, you know, the airplanes are kind of built to order. And now they're kind of focusing on military contracts when it's like you yep. guys just like kind of stumbled upon the most ultimate high performance monoplane. Like what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, for its time, it certainly was. And, you know, take note, though, Zivco never did anything on a world level. That's true. No. That's true. No, that's true. Except I, for except I, for Red Bull. They didn't. They, there's no other uh, world-class accolades. Um, right. That's true. Right. That's fair. And I think the airplane's too fast and too slick for competition. That's just stay in the box. That's just my, well, my opinion. Fast is a problem, for sure. But, you know, the other big thing is, and I touched on it earlier, uh, and I think Rob Holland faces this problem today. Yeah, the MX is, is very fast. It is fast, but the judges in Europe, the all the judges on the judges line, except one spot, the United States, none of the judges see the airplane on a regular basis because they're all looking at caps, extras, and sukhois their entire, yeah. their entire season. All of a sudden, you see an MX or a, or a Zivco, and it's like, well, okay, I think he did it well, but I'm not sure of what I'm seeing because I haven't seen the airplane before. Am I going to give him the 9 or am I going to give him the 8.5? Well, I'm going to go 8.5 because I'm not sure. Yeah. And and I think no. that's a detriment. And and I think, God damn it, I just I wish when Rob had the opportunity he'd have gotten himself into a 330 um, SC. Yeah. He'd be he'd be multiple he'd be he'd be at least two-time world champion if he was in an SC. Yeah. Do you think if, if you were him, if you like could... It. Yeah. Well, like yeah. Even like the freestyle aspect, I guess. Well, you know well, what I, we do about this, right, Matt? He flew so Goulians. Again. He told me he flew Goulians and, and like Goulian flew his and he flew Goulians and, and each other did not like the way their planes flew uh, respectively, which is... It, I mean, I guess it's to be expected, but do you think... Yeah. Do you think given the chance Rob would would... If, if you could paint the scenario in which he trades the MX for the 330 SE, dumps the freestyle world championships for overall championships, that he would do it? He could do it. He could do it in an SC and win both. You think so? Rob, yeah, Rob is a not, prodigy not with – yeah, he, he's that yeah. good, especially his freestyle. Not um, that I don't think so. It's just it's, it's just such an amazing thing to see that, that, that the MX is the hindrance to that level of time. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's unfair. It, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I should say it's unfortunate, not unfair, because uh, it is what it is. But I watched Rob fly my LX um, in um, in Kokomo, Indiana, and <laughs> you know after I after I stopped worrying about him breaking it, um, <laughs> he was do, he was doing all the same stuff in my LX as he did in his MX. Really? On his that's, on his first on his first attempt. That's aggravating. It, it wasn't as good, but 
you put them in an SC, and especially now you hear the stories of the NG. Um, there's not yeah, a doubt in my mind. I wish you would go. Oh my God. If Rob Holland went extra, the world would stop because of all this MX extra <laughs> crap. I, yeah. That would be the thrill of my life just to see like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, so the other thing, drama. the other thing I, oh, I really yeah. wish Rob would do is it's so hard as you guys know to judge a silhouette and a black airplane is always just a silhouette. I always wondered why he kept it like that. Because it's cool. <laughs> it is. It it's does fucking look cool, cool, man. My plane's black. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it kind of gray though? It's not like, not like black, black. It's black. Is your is your is yours is black? It looks. It's it comes like, off like it must have some metallic that comes off lighter in photos. Well, it's green and black. So well, I know, but that's probably yeah. yeah. His is like super I black. I Matt, would you fly you. my plane for me and like we could do something where like we like push it out the hangar at nationals and then like you just kind of you jump I in and hop, I jump out <laughs> hop in it down at the end of the runway <laughs> oh my Dude, god well, you're talking to a six-year-old has-been that hasn't done shit in like 25 years <laughs> yeah I'd say hey damn it let's do it fuck it let's do it <laughs> on the national level though I bet I bet it wouldn't take long for you to become extremely competitive. Wow. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. All I, I just don't, I just don't think I could, I know I don't have it in my belly. I don't, I know I don't have the fire to put the time into it needed to be there. I know that for a but fact. But you still like, you still like watching somebody who's really good at a resty flying. Like you can appreciate it. Right. I to- totally appreciate it, and and I enjoy watching the first three or four minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then it gets repetitive. I it, get that, it, and and it is, and unless you're involved with and, and invested in what's going on at that particular event, it it's. I mean, it is like watching paint dry. Yeah, it's and, the same thing. I can understand over. That. And that yeah. gets back to the whole argument about why can't the IEC get on. ESPN and wide world of sports and all that. And it's just because it's Dude, not really that interesting. I'm so glad yeah. you brought that up because I'm watching a f- stupid TV show now called Alone. And all they do is they drop these people on an island. They're all seven miles apart and they just have to survive. And for some reason, I'm watching it. And then I'll think I'll be like, why can't I'm watching this guy, you know, whittle a duck at a beechwood and <laughs> there's no aerobatics on TV. It's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Because that duck is going to save him for the next 30 days as he survives on this island. talking to some, like, buoy that washed up on shore, and I'm like, oh, this is a great show. Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever watch that show Air Boss? It's it's on Hulu. Um, I think it's Air Boss. I've I've never seen it. Of course, I know a lot of the players. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, it it kind of runs. I've never seen it. It runs a similar, not that it's bad. Uh, but it runs a they similar to vibe drama, but it's that, just like, and that's what yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. It, it, there's, you know, creating something out of nothing. And it's like any, any discerning eye that's like what non-pilot's going to watch Airboss? I mean, let's be right. real. Like it's really right. not designed for the, the, the public the, or for the masses. So we're watching it and we're like, that's not an emergency. That's not drama. What are you doing? You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that, that there's some element of that where it's like, you just can't, 
you can't you can't fake this stuff into primetime. Like I remember watching Airplane Repo and it used to drive me nuts with that. I'm like, this is oh, not how it works at all. And it I would know. make me really? so mad. No way. Oh, are you serious? I'm fucking I'm fucking with you, you moron. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You thought it was real. <laughs> I did. So the the first season the first season of Airplane Repo was real. Yes. With oh, with really? that um the Russian guy. Um oh, what's his name? I was friends with him on Facebook for a while, but he's kind of crazy. Um, yes, it was real, and then it went so, it went total total fakeism. So the owner was Nick. Um, it's Papa Papalakovich. Yeah, Papa, um, Popovich. Popovich. Yeah. So he's yeah, got yeah. a great. He's got a huge hangar out in Gary, Indiana, and we yeah. would stage out of there for the Chicago Air Show and the Gary Air Show. Nicest, most generous man in the world. So he did it. Like I think you guys said, the first year, and then he sold it to whoever. Yeah, and it and it turned into this corn pone crap where you his know, they series got was like amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that that show drove so, me nuts. I couldn't stand so, it after after that. So Matt, so how relaxed are you right now? Because you, I mean, you got out at the perfect time for air shows. I'm sure all your air show friends oh, hate no you right now because of it. <laughs> Um, did, did but you got to be like, ah, no God, kidding, fucking a, this is great. Are you, you know, like, so, you're, I see you tinkering with like every airplane right now, and I thought you were a, bu- a buker guy, and there's no buker got, work going on. Yeah, there, there isn't. All right, so man, my very first aerobatic <laughs> ride was in 1976 as a 16 year old air show geek in England, and my air show hero. Neil Williams gave me a ride for about 10 minutes in his, in his Buker Youngman. And I've oh, wanted shit. one ever since. So I ended up buying this project from uh, a couple named Fred and Lisa Weaver, who you probably know. Yeah. Um, I bought it from Fred and Lisa many, many years ago. It's just, it's been one headache after another. It's been through a divorce. It's been through a couple people working on it that just destroyed various aspects of it Mm. i get into other projects i did this cub that was supposed to be a two-year get me back into restoring mode and it took like seven freaking years to do i remember yeah but you sold it right away you didn't even like you were like oh fuck it see ya i I put 19 hours on it yeah i put 19 (laughs) hours on it and sold it and and did very well with the airplane i mean it it I built it yeah. to take to Oshkosh and get a Lindy with. Unfortunately, as we all know, Oshkosh didn't happen. But a yeah. uh, a, a super nice guy in um, Tennessee saw the saw the the build log that I had put together and uh, offered me what I was asking, and you know the rest is history. He's got a a perfect J three now. That's cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun to watch you build that. Thanks, it, it, and it was fun. Yeah, to thanks do for it. posting those pictures. I think um, uh, you don't get enough uh, thank yous for that because everybody looked at it. <laughs> well, it, you can follow me now with my next midlife crisis, which is yeah. reliving my childhood. <laughs> the S one, yeah. Uh, what the hell have I gone and done to myself, man? I love it. Uh, when you when you I, finish building this S one and you just paint it like Goulin's used to be, put his name on it, and then just go videotape shitty aerobatics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go one better. Goulian yeah. actually called me about two weeks ago and said, "Dude, I want to buy your airplane. I want to start a three ship team and and recreate the Red Devils." 
Oh. So, no, what we, you no, might what actually be do? able to see Ghoulian actually fly it and do shitty aerobatics in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'll go get like a 1980s VHS camcorder and we'll do like fake comp. You like, you go up there and just fly a shit. And I'm like, and here comes young Mike Ghoulian trying to do an aileron roll. <laughs> <laughs> or, or as Rob Ryder would say during the Superman theme song, Michael yeah. Gullion. <laughs> oh my God! Why does why does he have to have such a big mic muff? Is that just like compensating for something, or I don't know? It's like this fucking basketball in front of his face when he announces. <laughs> He'd be a good person to get on the podcast. Oh my God! He's actually he's a really I met him a couple of times. He doesn't know oh, who he's, the fuck I am, but. He's super Who's nice. Who's that? Uh, Rob? Rob Ryder. Well, and you guys know they yeah. do the podcast now, the uh, virtual air show stuff. And uh, Rob and um, Matt Jolly. I don't know. We really don't Rick, talk to anybody uh, who's not 13 or better. I don't know if you know we're the 13th in the country. That's breaking <laughs> news right there. Yeah, this is. <laughs> uh, no, we're not kidding. We're, we're literally the 13th top podcast in America right now for aviation. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. Awesome. I swear of my kids. Wow. Yeah, so, so Matt, I, you know, uh, you're finding this Matt's out. I'm like really shocked. Matt's really shocked right now, and that's an insult. Well, <laughs> and he's, so fi- he's, he's finding out, you know, almost 90 minutes in the podcast that this is going to be the most, you know, star-increasing thing he's ever done. Oh, yeah, he's gonna I'm, get a. I'm waiting. Get a I'm waiting for the Oracle. phone calls to start tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So the, the opportunities, <laughs> the, the the money's gonna, gonna start pouring. And, oh yeah, Gamebirds. Yeah. Gamebirds is gonna start throwing you airplanes to fly. Oh, so yeah. so what you're telling me is from this point on, <laughs> I am gonna be Sean D. Tucker. <laughs> yeah. What's your middle? What's your middle initial? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, H. <laughs> uh, Matt. <laughs> Matt. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't roll doesn't roll off the tongue. It's hoping to get like a Z or something, something exotic. A Z, yeah, yeah. an a, an ampersand. Pretty pretty boring. Ah, oh, god damn it! Yeah, mine's R, fucking R, J R. Oh, J R. Sound like a steakhouse. J R. J R P. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, shitty S one S flying. Anyway. I can do that. So I can I can sign up. No, for that. we were talking about the the Buker the Buker thingy. Yeah. What about it? One of you guys. One of you guys have to go to bed now or something. I just heard someone summonsing. No, that's mad uh, human traffic's kids. They're just getting out of their cages. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I have I have kiddos running around outside my uh my my cubicle here. Um, All right. Just start screaming always, at them. I've always wanted to fly the the young men and the young meister. Never, never, haven't done it yet. I would love to fly so, a Meister. I hear it's the best flying airplane in the world. I've flown a Youngman a couple times as a pilot, not as a 16-year-old passenger. And and my recollection is nothing short of amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so what's the next step then? I mean, you got a fucked up project. Are you going to dump that and try to get something else? Um, you mean my Buker or my Pitts? <laughs> Yes. No, I'm gonna. No, I'll. I'll. I'd sell the Buker if somebody. I'm not advertising it, but enough people know about it that if somebody wants it and they're willing to pay uh, a fair price for it, I it would be gone tomorrow. I bet you that Taco would buy it. I'll tell him. He, he Taco's been talking about a Buker with me forever. 
<laughs> he's, such a, he's such a tire kicker. Fucking but d- d- has he flown his ST yet? Don't even get me started with him. Don't even okay. get me started with this guy. <laughs> okay. it's, this is not the appropriate place to talk about Taco and the just, STA. <laughs> just a, a slew of cussing is going on in my head right now. Because that guy is so talented. And, you know, he recently got involved in this. Like, well, he's always been a part of this aerodrome thing, this grass field by us. But uh-huh. like there's a there's like a new generation there. They're not like young guys, but like they're like a new generation of antique flyers. You know, but they've been a, now it's been like a decade or so. But none of them know like what a old this guy was. No, that's North. It's on Long Island. It's this is like so stupid to talk about because only Matt and I know. And, you know, our other 15 listeners are going to be like, this show sucks. <laughs> it's taco and grassfield. Anyway, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all the time. But yeah, he's just such a talented, talented pilot and nobody knows it. <laughs> And and, and I gotta tell you, and and he is one of the kindest people I know, and and oh that God. is missed on a lot of people as well. Dude, John he would is give, John is literally John is class give A guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look what he did for. Uh, yeah, not a, yeah, <laughs> totally. Anyway, yeah. so you're selling the Buker. You're gonna. What yep. are you gonna do with this S1S? Like, what's your sell it? You don't. Do you have it, a plan? It, 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 no, it, it's build it and sell it. Um, I have no need for an S1. It just truly, I when I built my first S1, I didn't have two pennies to rub together. I did it on a dime. I didn't know what I was doing. That's so um, cool. And and I just thought, man, wouldn't it be fun to restore a factory S1? I didn't I didn't want to get into anybody's idea of a home built and improving Curtis's stuff and not knowing what was going to be where. And I saw this factory S1 come up for sale, and and Gary and I talked for probably the better part of six months. Um, agreed on yeah. a price. I went down to Corpus Christi and picked it up. And quite honestly, if I had gone down and looked at it before I made the offer, I would never have bought it. <laughs> um, it, it had sat disassembled for six or seven years, and it, it needed a little more work than I would that I wanted to do. That's um, like every project though, right? You know, and, and that's just it. The airplane is up at Griggs right now, getting the wolf gear modification done to it. When it comes back, it's going to be sandblasted and shiny and, and clean. <laughs> and that's, and that's cool. going to be a huge mental block or hurdle achieved. Um, I'm diving into the wings now. There's a lot of broken wood, but nothing major. <laughs> Um, pretty typical. Yeah. Yeah. And and I probably took five pounds of wasp nests, mud dauber (laughs) out of these wings. I mean, it was insane. Um, so it's more of a project than I wanted, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. Like I did the cub. Um, you know, a pits. Is there an award at Oshkosh that you can win for a pits restoration? Um, I'm sure there is. I don't know what it would be. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, and believe me, <laughs> this sixty-year-old fart is not flying an S one to Oshkosh to try and win a to try and win a wooden plaque. <laughs> no, no, it seems no. like the perfect. It's the perfect time of year, you know. No weather issues and yeah, none you know, at all. <laughs> su- it's the S one's super comfortable, uh, yeah. very long endurance. You know, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't imagine yeah. why you wouldn't want to do that. Good God, the number of times I flew. 
cross country in those pits and that laser with with maps only with two hours oh. of gas. Oh my god! No it's GPS, no Loran. It. It, it is. It's, it's crazy. Insane. I in nineteen. Oh my god! Eighty eight. I flew across Lake Michigan in my laser with a compass and a map. <laughs> Are you? F- yeah, oh you my gosh! Fucking and big the next balls day, swinging. The next day, <laughs> I'm doing an oil change in my hangar and notice oil streaking from my crankshaft. I had a lightning hold thin crankshaft flange, and there were cracks between every hole except one. And you could move the propeller tips back and forth an inch each side of center. <laughs> oh, Holy shit. That's yep. nuts. You guys man. would be sitting right here right now going, Matt, who? Yeah. I got to get you man after that story. Lake Michigan. Jeez. Never again. Haven't done it since. That's yeah, crazy. yeah that. there, was, there was a Must lot be- of really cool stuff going on back then, though. Like, but like crazy shit, you know, yeah. like especially in air shows, like there was just no rules. There's no fucking yeah. rules. Yeah. Well, and you <laughs> look back that? on it too. And, and even, but you know something? Even with rules, people still do stupid shit and kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. True. No, 100%. You know, like, I, who was your I favorite sat, guy to watch though? When? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess dealer's choice. What would you say, Mark? I guess I I'd love the no nineties. Yeah. Eighties, early nineties. Right. Yeah. Wow. So right when I was getting into air show flying early eighties, mid eighties, it was Leo just because of who he was. <sighs> yeah. Was he, I mean, obviously like for us, for like nerds, he's legendary, but how yep. legendary was he during the time for people that were in the know? I mean, was he, he, he was the man. Obviously. He was the man. Yep. He was the man. Hands down. No question. In aerobatics. Um, yeah. And and interestingly, you know, and who would that be today? Uh, I, I guess in all fairness, you'd have to say Tucker. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, Tucker's a showman and he's a really good, you know, out of the airplane. But I, I really, I think Rob's really come along. I think Rob is just phenomenal so showman. Rob's flying, Rob's flying speaks for itself, and and I and, and I know exactly now where you're coming from, and I'm and and yeah. I stand corrected. So Leo's flying spoke for itself. Leo was not a Sean Tucker personality. Leo was no. very much like Rob, very aloof, very shy. Um, he was not. He was not low, the celebrity profile. Yeah, Sean. Like Sean would be. You could put that guy into a different occupation. I mean, he would be he'd be a, a like a an actor. He could be a TV star. He has that like that presence. Whereas like Leo, you watch interviews with Leo and it's like, you know, this <laughs> this good old boy who was a enlisted Air Force guy turned air show pilot. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey you, um, you in a polka dot dress. Hey, give me yeah. <laughs> But I don't I don't know if you guys remember him or not, but the one I always always wanted to see fly was Bob Herringdean. And he, I know the I name that is when I watch his shit now in the pits. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Former U S aerobatic uh, team guy, you know, in the sixties, uh, flew an S one S ended up killing himself circling property in his Christian Eagle, taking photographs. 
just flew, flew into the side of a, of a hill. Um, Jeez. But, you know, so Herendine in those days, um, I, I still I still enjoy watching um, or always enjoyed watching um, uh, the Red Baron team. Yeah. Oh and, and the Aero Shell team. And the Aero Shell. And team. Aero shell uh, yeah. Just because. Those guys and, are incredible. You know, the, the smoke, the sound. Um, one of the, I think one of the things that condemns the air show business is they can't support the best of the best as an act. And I think one of the best teams we've ever had are the Northern Lights. I agree. We talk about that all the time. You'll and never see a civilian the, team like that again. Never. And and the industry couldn't support them. No. They they did it. I mean, they were they were the F1 team of airshow teams. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Ahead of their times, cutting edge. Um, all military well, mostly military trained. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously the the principal owners uh, probably made some mistakes along the way in in their in their last year or two of business yeah you know going to the l39 the l39 was a bad just ruined it it was a bad move but um they were probably already starting to diminish at that point anyway uh financially just because the industry couldn't support that level yeah yeah uh but i I loved watching them they were they were so good they were so good incredible and they were an incredible team i mean yeah i i yeah i mean i'm biased i have one of their former airplanes which is such an honor um because i i mean I, I i talk about this almost every podcast so sorry guys but you know just watching their their b-roll footage on things like the discovery wings channel and then getting to see them perform you just it, there was just i don't remember seeing anything like that before or since in, in its uniqueness i mean obviously there are multi-ship civilian teams now but um, the Northern Lights really did it well. Yep. Um, yeah. Ray-Ban Gold can... was awesome. French Connection, right? They were different. They were great. Yeah. I would never take anything away from Danielle Hermontaine, obviously. <laughs> Beautiful yeah. people, both of them. Um, it was just cool to see them like at their age and what they were doing. It was like, and the airplane yep. that they were using, it was like, fucking like, yep. wow. Um, and, and not to, not to blow my own trumpet, but quite honestly, Matt I was, vi- I was very <laughs> proud. Oh no, never. No, just, no. I All just I love to say, watch myself. No. <laughs> In the mirror. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I love it. You know, I'd love just, to see me perform never, with a cap, you know, it's just be really cool. I would never say Matt Chapman, but I would have to say lead pilot for the force. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> four four oh. guys that are just so completely opposite of one another, egos beyond egos, you know, on all on all sides, on all levels, and and when the four of us were together, uh, while we were not the Northern Lights, we did some pretty cool shit and some pretty nice flying. So I was, I'm always yeah. going to be That's- very proud of what we did with the Force, Bill, Rob, and and Jack Knutson. Yeah, you yeah. know, I no, I, I love show. yeah, and I love I love formation 
done in that way. Um, what was the other one uh, with Bill Stein and um, the collaborators? Uh, the collaborators, yeah, with um, with, with Tucker. Eric and Tucker. He actually ended up with back with Tucker uh, for the um, uh, what were they calling themselves uh, with? Uh, Oh, with the game birds? Yeah, with the game birds. Uh, I forgot what they were going to call themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do you have any more inside info on that? Because I know I heard they lost their principal or their title sponsorship. Yeah, they're they're, they're done. From what I understand, they're done. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's that's a shame because that would have been really exciting. Yeah, my heart breaks. Yeah, my heart breaks for Sean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I wonder really? what he'll do now. I'm t- I'm tearing as I said that. <laughs> what is he gonna do? Because he just donated his. I guess he's just gonna show up at this knock on the Smithsonian door and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna need that back. <laughs> need that back. <laughs> can, I, back. can I borrow that? <laughs> I don't know if any oh if anybody God. can if anybody can make it work. Tucker will make it work. That's true. Yeah, he'll yeah. himself. But I think. I think if anybody knows anything about aerobatics and aerial flying, if you can, if one person can be brought back, it would be Leo. I mean, if, that's just like the hands. It has to be Leo. And if he, if it's not Leo, then you can, you guys can all piss off. So, so imagine, <laughs> Im- imagine today if, if Leo could, could come back and sit down on the flight line and watch Tucker and watch Rob and, and a few other things just imagine what would go through his mind if he could witness that today yeah and charlie I hiller think that if, yep. I, I mean yeah. so many so many of the greats just imagine what they would think if they could see what not only the I pilots like, but the airplanes could do i fantasize I about like leo if, watching oh, it no sorry i i, I was just gonna say I, I fantasize about leo watching that and and being in awe but at the same time being like I'm still one of them. Like I, you yes. know, his, his, his open, you know, his double snap on takeoff. Like, so, I mean, that's just one of the maneuvers that were so revolutionary for Leo and, and for the air show world. But like what he was doing back then, there's, I, you place him in the air show circuit. Now he's in terms of, of maneuvers and, and, and the act, what would he be even, he'd probably be top 10 now. Yeah, I feel like if um, Leo was back, it was still alive. I feel like honestly, I feel him and Rob would have a a two show backed in MXs. I feel like Leo would totally be an MX guy. <laughs> I mean, outside of his outside of his shark. I mean, he had that shark thing going. But okay, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take issue with you. I don't think Leo. <laughs> uh, if, I, I if, never met him, so I have no so idea. So if you said Leo would be top ten now. If he were advancing or if you took Leo's flying back in the day when he was killed and put it in the air show business today, he would be top 10. Yes. His, in my opinion, Leo's flying today wouldn't even scratch the surface. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, right. And not because of Leo, just because of the airplane, the, the airplane and the, style of flying i mean for christ's sake he was doing a lamshavak and that was that was his signature maneuver a lamshavak yeah you know a guy in his first air show in his in his 
Satabria is doing Alam Shavak now. Um, and I'm not taking anything at all away from Leo. He no, is, no, I see your point. I see your point. He, he's a he's a god. But I, if you took Leo and allowed him to continue his pursuit from when he lost his life to today, he'd absolutely be top ten, if not top. Sure. Yeah. I guess I just I just I look at his act, and then I look at like you know obviously there's 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 a spectrum of air show performer, right? I mean, like you have the, the pure arresty type air show routines like Goulian, you know, very high energy routines, uh, like, um, Rob Holland. Rob. And then, you know, you have, a, there's a lot, there's a mid pack. Uh, and then, and then almost like, a you know, like older extra three hundreds that, that, you know, and with pilots that aren't necessarily, uh, competition pedigrees and things like that, that are doing kind of, I won't say lazy, um, aerobatic routines because that's not what it is at all, but just like a low to a lower degree of complexity and energy. And I think yep. about that and I look at that and then I think about Leo and I'm like, if you placed him at ICAS, would he book shows with, with his act? And I, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not an air show act and I've never been to ICAS, but um, in my mind, I'm like, you know, that guy, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be sitting on his hands at ICAS, I feel like when I, you compare the, the spectrum of, of air show acts today, I guess that that was all my point is, is as an act, uh, he would be relevant okay. with the flying he was doing. So you, you, you used a word in aerobatics. that drives me absolutely apeshit. Oh, I can't wait to hear and that. Is. <laughs> and that is lazy. Yes. I, I know. I hate to watch lazy aerobatics. And when I say lazy, I don't mean a big gentle wing over or a, a maneuver flown in a lazy fashion. No. I mean people that don't finish their goddamn point rolls. Yes. You, you know? Yeah. Slam the goddamn maneuver out. Slam it. Hit it. Hit it hard. Yeah. And you just watch people get soft. And it's like, dude, do you ever watch a, a, a video of Goulian doing a snap roll? Oh, my He'll God. break your freaking neck just watching it. His this in is cockpit how you videos. Fly aerobatics. Yeah, they're insane. There's... That's everybody should be required to watch in cockpit footage of Goulian. I agree. Yeah. I, no, in I hundred percent agree. Because the way he, what's funny is it's fun to watch the way he flies in cockpit versus the way um, Holland flies in cockpit. Just because the, the ergonomics are completely different, but their flying styles are completely yeah. different. Um, completely. But the way Goulian flies an air show. Uh, should and would make most top level competitors jealous in the in his flying style in terms of how he is flying these maneuvers. I mean, he is Michael's last air show in his life. He will fly as well then as he did today and ten years ago. Yeah, he he is. That's what he lives for. Michael has set the bar in terms of performance. Do I think Michael has the most entertaining air show routine? No. Is is he is he the the crispest, most precise, most awesome aerobatic maneuver performer in the world or in the United States? Without doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just hits it every freaking time. Um, yeah, and he yeah. set the bar almost, in the air show industry too. You know, for yeah. for sponsorships. Yeah. I mean, he's he's heads above everybody. Um, I yeah. wish that you guys like you and and Goulian and. You know, like Kirby. I wish you guys would just come to Nationals and just do like the four minute free and just stick off and have fun. Like that <laughs> would be, be so much fun to watch. Awesome. I'll come judge we should, it, dude. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. Hey, Freaking you know what? <laughs> Thank God you said Kirby, because man, there is another monster. Yes. Freaking sniper, that guy. Freaking you awesome. know, I feel like underrated. What? Totally. Well, underrated. What is he? Six or seven time national aerobatic champion? Yeah, but like he never got the uh, respect in the air show business, I don't think. Yeah. No. And his air show, I think he's got the best air show routine out there. I gotta be honest. I mean it's he's it's, great. It's a good it's a good one. It's a great high and energy monoplane act. And what yeah, a fun a guy to hang stuff. around. Yeah. Yeah, he's like total hang loose type of guy. Yep. <laughs> he's totally. Really nice. Totally. But yeah, his um if you want I mean I don't. I haven't seen it recently, but I remember seeing him in the uh, Yellow Edge or when it was painted yellow, and it's a sick routine. And there's there's a couple areas in that routine where it's like, oh man, like you don't you don't have a lot of outs here, but it's fucking really wild looking. <laughs> you know, you know some it, of the stuff that's he's inter- doing. That's interesting. I used to think that about Kirby, but you watch him today, and Kirby's Kirby's like the rest of us. He's an old man now. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he respects things a lot more than he used to as we all do and did when do you think skip stewart will do that (laughs) wow (laughs) so every every second that goes by is one year so we're at seven years (laughs) (laughs) so man he's a really interesting case um so you know he he said i love you skip i yeah, I, and I love Skip too, man. He doesn't know um, who you are, Mark. No, he does not. <laughs> um, he, there's an arrogance about him, which you got to love. He's he's a biplane guy. Was it you know power or muscle biplane, whatever they call those guys? Yeah, oh, he's all uh, about two wings. You know, yeah. through and through, and I respect that. And and I know when he came on the scene, ICAST was up in up in arms, the safety committee, the ACE committee, and he's too low, he's too this, he's too that. Um, and then if you watch Skip fly, time and time again, that son of a bitch doesn't vary at all. Agreed. He does the same like he's thing. Like the, yeah. He's he he nails it. However, what I don't like is this uh, south of the border crap. Oh, my oh gosh. My God. Don't even get you me know, started yeah. with that shit. Flying I, I across know. the pits, having guys jump up and try and tap your wingtip in between hangars, in between cars. Yeah, you know, that's just like, come on, um, man. We, we saw a little bit of that last year, and it's yes. just... just it's it's just it's not necessary. He's better than that, man. And I, I don't understand that. it. Is it the money? Is the is the money that, they get, that good? They get a lot of money. Yeah. I well, the dude's no, a well, FedEx captain. Does he need that much more? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I just I wondered that you know because yeah, seeing the, seeing the accident that happened there and then just um, shit. Didn't Kirby ca- crash there two years ago? Uh, not not two years ago. Didn't he crash there also? Um, um, several years he ago, he had an engine. He had an engine yeah. failure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just I wonder about the regulations there, and obviously we're not seeing much. And I, I don't Every understand year. that element of it at all. Yeah. 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 I watched I another performer down, down south yeah. of the border in in a monoplane, and the, the the photograph circulated the internet. And and again, it was a a why. And, and the dude was doing a high alpha in a highly loaded monoplane, highly wing loaded monoplane. 
dragging his tail wheel in the water of a lake. <laughs> Why on earth and would I'm you do like, that? And uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why? What's the proof? Yeah. So yeah. But on, on the flip side, um, for many, many, many years in my cap. I did my last maneuver was this rolling harrier and in retrospect I I was probably on the same edge that a lot of the people we just talked about are especially given the right if you had something if you had an engine failure at the right you know the wrong time but you know in a given time there specifically it would be it would be not good yeah yeah big time nah yeah. Um, and and the, then you try to start justifying, well, if I'm here and the engine quits, I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, I won't hit that hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, because okay. if you're upside down when that happens in, in the roll, that's that's not a great time. It's actually the best time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you because you just, you just pitch it over and then, roll and Yeah, now there you're you trying to get upright, whereas if you're rolling and you're upright, it'll continue rolling until you're inverted. Mm, okay. So the trajectory or the, the uh, momentum, I guess is. Yeah. Wow. You just would, started, was, you just sounded really dumb, Mark. I know. I feel like an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I was flying the Jones beach air show a few years ago in my cap doing my last pass, uh, air show left to right. And, and it's all a timing based thing. It, it's, you don't do it because you need it. You just do it because you get into the rhythm of, Elevator, aileron, rudder, throttle. And I just missed it. And and here I am doing this high alpha roll at three or four hundred feet at 80, 90 knots. Oh and I inadvert God. I inadvertently shoulder rolled the damn thing. Ended up ended up stalled, inverted, aiming at the crowd. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like Wayne Boggs said, coming out of the sky like a bag of hammers, I'll be the first one to meet you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> Wayne, <laughs> you might need Ooh. to put those boots on. So and, uh, and it got my attention. Jones, everybody at Jones Beach was going, "Where's the guy with the stonica coming? I'm tired of this cap." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, exactly. That's funny. But well, yeah, there's a so, lot of a lot of really good performers out there, and we had another guest on. And it's funny because you talk about like thickheadedness and we asked them, you know, when you see somebody doing something really dumb and you go to talk to them, do they listen to you? And he's like, some of them do and some of them don't. And the ones that don't really aren't here right now. And it's just mind boggling. That's somebody, the guy we were talking to um, is really well known. And it's like, if somebody like that comes and talks to you and tells you like, Hey man, you want to clean this up. Um, and you're like, no, I know better than you. I'm good. Like, yeah. It's crazy to me that there's people out there like that. Have I'm you sure ever had that right talk with them. anybody? Oh, man. We, we could go on another hour on this. Can you list names alone. and phone numbers? Um, <laughs> and, and, and well, I'm retired. I, I'm retired, man. I can say anything I want. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, Strap my hooker you know, harness in. Yeah. You know, hon honestly, guys, man, I'm the guy that started out with people coming to talk to me. You know, really? Ed Shipley, Ed Shipley told me that for three or four years of my life, he calls them my angry years. 
<laughs> and I was interesting. I was flying. I was flying with something to prove. Kind of like Skip Stewart in his early days, Jim Leroy Mark, in his early days. Jim, Mark, have yeah. you ever seen it, the video of Chapman in the laser? Remember that promo video you did, Matt? <laughs> you got to see some of this shit. He I was can't doing escape it. It, it, was like it. it keeps were... it keep. <laughs> Dude, no, send it, it to wild. me. I can't. I can't wait to see it. No, he's just like just totally it's, making it's, the plane his bitch. <laughs> he's just yeah, angry. It, and wh- why I survived <laughs> that, I'll never know. That plane's still um, flying today. Do you get nervous knowing yeah. that that plane is still flying? <laughs> yeah, and you know what bothers me is they won't take the damn thing apart and rebuild it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I finished building that in 1987, and it's got the same fabric on it. Um, it's Jeez, got a new I engine. But I'm like, guys, you look inside it, and it's the frame is rusted, the fabric's coming off, the tapes are all broken. Yeah. Matt's, like, Matt's Boy Scout uh, tags are still in there. <laughs> yeah. Don't lasers like? Don't they have some wing droop issues, too? Like no, that my laser. I think. Do you know uh, Dennis Sawyer? Do you I know the name. Yeah, we've heard um, He's a New England guy, super right? great guy. Was yeah. involved with Red Bull. Aerobatic guy from back in Mike Goulian's days. Um, he flew it and said it was the the best laser he'd ever flown, and he'd flown a lot of them, and it was truly an awesome laser. Um, but it had a Stoddicker wing, and that thing is bulletproof. And really, okay. the wing on that airplane today looks like it was is brand new. It, oh, it doesn't wow. show any sign of age, whereas the rest of the airplane that I built is <laughs> <laughs> falling apart. I'm like, Paul, oh rebuild this thing, man. Please. So, oh, he's a character. But Another uh, guy that too funny. <laughs> yeah, isn't he? So... Uh, um, but no, I've I've pulled people aside, and and there's there's a good way and a bad way in my opinion to to counsel somebody. Um, and hey, we're all grown men, and if they don't like me talking about them, it's their problem. It's not mine. Tucker's yeah. approach to dealing with with someone flying in a manner he doesn't like is to walk up to them as they shut down the propeller in front of the crowd while they're getting their applause and shove his finger in their face and yell at them and, and scream at them and say, you're going to kill yourself. I'm going to tell the air blast to, to ground you. You shouldn't be here. You're dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And that's what that puts you on nice. the defensive. No. Yeah. That's not, does, that does not. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. No. So I was at, Willow Grove many years ago, Willow Grove Naval Air Station, and it was my first really big air show. You know, 250,000 people, wall-to-wall, two days. This is when you had the Subaru uh, sponsor? No. Yeah. Um, actually, no. It was before that because I was in the laser. I actually had my Remax I told you, man. Mark and I, are we're obsessed. We're obsessed, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're starting to creep me out a little bit. Um, you're, you're welcome. We're watching you right now on a webcam. <laughs> So, um, I wish I could make this zipper sound right now, <laughs> dude. I almost spit out my wine all over the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I wore sweatpants, man. It's totally silent. Oh my god! So, so no, I'm in my laser. It's my first big event, and and I go off and do my thing on. I it must have been Saturday, and Bob Hoover's there. And we're at the hangar later on that night. Everybody, you know, back in the day when everybody would get together at the hangar, no sponsor 
uh, sponsor responsibilities and shit like that. Yeah. And, and Bob Hoover walked over to me. I mean, I was standing there and Bob Hoover looked at me, walked over to me and he reached out and shook my hand. And he said, Mr. Chapman, um, your flight today was, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, he just said, your flight today was something in my years of air show flying I've never seen. You had the crowd in your hands the whole time. Their response was amazing. Your flying was terrific. And you're to be congratulated. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. This, And I'm thinking to myself, this man knows a good pilot when he sees it. <laughs> yeah and like okay and i'm gonna then, hang it up now go ahead and i'm just gonna yeah. put my license away and i'm done well you know i knew who bob hoover was but i didn't appreciate who he was at the time um interestingly uh but still still shaking my hand he pulled me in and he leaned into my into you know close to me and he says but mr chapman you could stand to move it up a couple hundred feet. <laughs> and and he turned around and walked away. Oh my gosh. And I mean, is that just a priceless moment in somebody's career or what? Such a gentleman. I mean, in, in in many ways. I mean, like, what an honor to be to him even just to do that. And then and then to just yeah. get some subtle advice, you know, uh in that way yep. is yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel like you, okay, I'll I'll listen to that one. All right. So so Jeez, that's my ridiculous. my prop my problem today is is we're dealing with a new generation of up and comers to an extent. And I feel that there are some young people that I have been mentoring um that feel and, and I think the business creates this, not so much the relationships, but the business creates it because it's so competitive that when you critique them or you give them advice that is something to maybe slow them down or make them think or hold them back for their own good, they start to feel as if you're against them. And there's mm. nothing further from the truth. There's I want these guys and girls to succeed more than anything. I want them to succeed more than I did because it's good for everybody. And and to see them pull back and to fight you is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and um, my, I think my worst experience was talking to a pilot um, at my local air show and pulling him aside and saying, man, you almost crashed today and you almost took somebody with you. Really think about this and, you know, move it up. And his response was, you don't fly this kind of airplane. <laughs> um, so oh. I've got it under control. Don't worry about it. And the next year. He killed himself doing that exact same maneuver with his friend very publicly and everybody saw it coming and nobody did anything about it. And that's the one that kills you at the end of the yeah. day. That's the one that kills you. 
we we talk about this a lot in the in the Warbird community. Um, you hear that talk a lot, and obviously we hear about it all the time in the aerobatic community. Of you yep. know, th- there's those ones that you didn't say anything to, or that you you said something to. Not that I'm the authority to say anything to, but you know, I'm, this is a collective. You know, say something to uh, uh, to somebody about something, uh, whoever is saying it, um, or it's the element of like you know he was talked to he was told um and he still did it and ended up you know ended up killing himself or herself and then obviously those questions arise of like oh nobody did anything or we didn't do enough like what do you do i mean obviously we've seen changes to the ace program as a result of some some not not fatalities but um there's been changes i guess um what do you do at that point? I mean, what really can you do other than just say something? Well, you can't regulate it. You can't regulate someone. Someone that's good, good, that, that just as hell bent on killing themselves. You can't regulate, regulate them. You can't stop them. They're going to do yeah. it. Yeah. In my opinion. And I mean, last my last count, I was at like 120 people that I knew that have buried themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, all for various reasons. Most for the same reason, though. Um, I, I think the ACE program as a whole is good. I was on the committee for three years under Michael Goulian, then I, I headed it up for three years as chairman. Um, it had its challenges. It's continued to grow. But... Um, Again, it's a very small organization. It it's getting a little. Oh, I don't want to say it's just good old hard boy, to, it's, but it, well, kind of yeah, is though. It, it is like a little fraternity type it, vibe. It, it is. It is. But they're they've put so many restrictions on on the program that there aren't enough aces. Yeah. It the the, the you know. How silly is it of me to have to go to an air show and sign off Michael Goulian or Sean Tucker or Patty Wagstaff or Skip Stewart for their for their thirtieth year in a row? Should there and, and this is more of a question than a than a than a statement, should there be a point at which an air show professional reaches tenure? And hmm. And is just allowed to do what they do because they do it X number of times a year. Um, Especially it, being in the public eye, like if you know, if you know, like there's been inst- instances where airshow pilots have been uh, had their cards pulled because an ace saw them at a show that they weren't even being evaluated. It was just like there was an issue. Um, the problem is their cards aren't pulled. That's one of the problems. Nobody's willing to pull a card. I've heard of a couple, I thought. Um, but I, I guess I, it's probably I, one of the... They have been pulled. But man, let me tell you, there's there's a lot of stuff going on when it happens. Right. But but for instance, yeah. Michael... But um, you're right, though. Michael Goulian, like, really? Somebody has to evaluate Michael Goulian? You know, I mean... Um, yeah, yeah, because every every air show Mike flies at, or I fly at, or Kevin Coleman flies at, um, or PWAS flies at, all of our peers are there. 
And if they see something they don't like, they're going to go up to Michael or come up to me or go up to Kevin and say, dude, you're pulling out just a little lower than you should be. Yeah. And then there's going to be a conversation. Kevin Coleman came up to me two or three years ago and said, Matt, you are consistently coming out 10 degrees negative on your snaps down on vertical lines. And you realize that's creating a longer pull for you. And, you know, on the surface, that's like a get off my case. But he's absolutely right. And it's something that you need to self-critique when you do your flying. And so, okay, why am I coming out 10 degrees negative? Because I would never do that in a competition. So let's fix it. So you address it. Yeah. Um, Do do I need to go to an annual uh, evaluation after 30 years of doing this to have somebody shit not even tell me that right no because i I'm, I'm i'm assuming at this point n- nobody's really debriefing somebody on your level on an eval i mean what 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 are they telling michael Goulian, you know for his annual <laughs> renewal or his eval yeah. you know what i mean like it's you know how much are you debriefing these guys it's it's like so, so they're kind of doing I what they that, do i wish i was I angry evaluation though. I I just sit down and I don't say, okay, what's your best L over D? You know, what is your what is your entry gate and exit gate for, you know, the top of a loop or a triple snap on top? I just I just say, hey, man, dude, have you screwed up this year? Did you ever have the hair on the back of your neck stand up? You know, what scared you this year? You know, I just yeah. have a conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah, and if they say nothing, that's the problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, in, in a lot of cases, that's very, very true. That's and very that's true. And that's when Matt gives them the steroid shot right in the ass. Yeah, right in the ass. You got it, man. Right in the ass. So one year I was out at ICAS when I was the uh, ACE committee chair. So we had all the performers at ICAS in this room. And I don't remember the presentation or, or what I was doing at the time, but I just said, you know, who in here this year during their performance had the hair on the back of their neck stand up from something they did that wasn't comfortable? Not a single person raised their hands. No way. Interesting. Honest, honest to God. And I called I them I can see it. you raising your hand. You would probably, I did. probably the first one. Yeah. I raised my hand and I said, I call bullshit on half of you in here. Yeah. You ought to be yeah. ashamed of yourselves. And, yeah. And no honestly- kidding. You're not and being honest honestly, with yourself if you're not raising your hand. Right. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to mean that I that I bent my landing gear pulling out of a vertical downline. No. It just means that you kind of go, eh, I learned something on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never so do that again. It's that was a little disheartening and and I think really the program lost me a little bit at that moment. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 they still have to an to a degree. So I think it's tough because, you know, and it coincides a little bit with like even the U.S. teams where with the air show pilots, you know, everybody's got or tries to get their own sponsorship and they're dealing with their own financial burdens and trying to make it work. So, like, you know, when you have somebody coming in being like, hey, you can't do this, they're kind of like, well, f- well, fuck you. Are you giving are you, you're not paying me like I'll do right. what I want, you know, and that's the same thing with like the U.S. team almost where it's like, you know, when you're spending all this money, you're buying an airplane and you're training. And then all of a sudden, you know, they want to start 
saying like, oh, you got to do this, this, this. And it's like, all right, well, pay me to be a pay me, pay me to be a player and I'll listen to you. Otherwise, like I'm trying to flip the bill for this and do this. And, you know, it is what it is. And that's the that's the struggle, I think, that that really happens here. You know, Jeff, I was I was on two of the last three aerobatic teams that were truly blessed to be on the aerobatic team. And that was full sponsorship, full ride, no personal money spent directly for world contest, travel, hotel, food, nothing. I, I mean, I, I even think I, I don't remember the number, but I think I even got a two or $3,000 stipend for practice fuel on my own, not even at a training camp. And that's um, when you guys had aerosol. Um, you guys got like, didn't you get a skid of oil? Not not a case. You guys got like we, a skid of oil. We got a skid of oil. Yeah. yeah. Every two years. That'll never happen again either, will it? No. I think we, may, well, maybe we, the oil we had a like, like, we had a Lycoming engine. We had spark plugs. We had magnetos. I mean, yeah. You get on the team and you had, and you had four magnetos show up on your doorstep a month later. You had boxes yeah. of spark plugs. You had tires show up. Um, why do you think that's lost now? Why do you think like the major companies aren't willing to do that? It's social media now. They don't need, you know, people to push their shit. They just put it online, you know, to market it that way. You know, when I think when Chapman and and all of them were flying, you know, they had it on their planes. Everybody saw it. I mean, how else could you get the name out? Okay. I won't argue with that. (laughs) I don't agree with you, but. No, no, I, no, 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 tell me. No, I, I agree, I Matt. Care. He sounds like a fucking retard. I agree. Um, <laughs> no, because actually, I think with social media, it's even more important today to have Aeroshell and Lycoming and everything on your airplane because it's seen more than in a 10-page IEC magazine monthly. And there's so much minutia. Like, how do you decipher, like, how do the top companies advertise and get their name out there to the point where it's on the, you know, it's, well, that's it's on some sort of spotlight. But what, com- what, like, I'm talking about the competition pilot. Right. Like, who's going to give it to a competition pilot that's, you know, that, like me, I don't fly air shows. And I, you know, I'm not in the newspaper. Um, you know, things like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I wish it would come back. Yeah. Freaking no, name, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's the dysfunctionality of what used to be USAF, the United States Aerobatic Foundation, which no longer exists. And actually, it was USAF that was the driving force behind the fundraising and the corporate mm. dollars that we had. Um, and and as you guys may remember, we had a C5A. Yeah, I was that was a big change. To, I was trying to blurt that out. That's so fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, shipping that's a huge airplane, change. Yeah, you landed. You guys landed back in the States, pushed them off and put the rudder yeah. on. And we're like, peace out. No assembly or disassembly, really. Yeah. Yeah, yep. not even we, that. No C of A. No, nothing. you know, none of that shit. Right. We'd go to Ramstein, unload, go wherever yeah. we were going, come back. And like like I said a, a, an hour or so ago, I got off at Hanscom or whatever airport it would not Hanscom, um, Westover, and flew home. Um, what a huge Do you opportunity. Do any pictures of that? Do you have any pictures or anything like that? Because you got to God, put that online. I've, I've seen pictures of the planes inside. Mm-hmm. Are you sneaking into Chapman's house? You creep. Oh, I just people have posted online. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, looked through right. a window. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, oh. was, he wasn't home. It was cool. 
So do you think the IAC <laughs> just isn't focusing on on that level of just, they're just it's just not that element of of marketing or uh, dollar. Um, oh, how do I want to say this? That that side of the economics of it, like, are they just not focusing on that? I heard something I happened with the C5 where somebody like didn't drain fuel. It was a fuel thing, up. right? <laughs> I heard that too. Uh, am I right really? or am I I've, so off base? <laughs> I've, I've never heard that one, really? Not draining fuel? What? It, what? No, it no. Was, it was, there was a, a fuel leak or something in there, right? Yeah, no? Yeah, a fuel no, leak yeah. with with eight airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I happened to be on that airplane. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, oh really? it, all expand, it all expanded, right? Um, no, it didn't expand. Um, so we're going to Ramstein, and we were told by our team leader at the time. Um, Sergey Boryak. <laughs> no, no, our U.S. No, team, I'm kidding, I'm our, kidding. Our, our senior pilot, to fill the fuel tanks because we're leaving Ramstein and going one stop across Germany, landing at the MT Propeller Factory and going on to Slovakia. So fill those airplanes up because gas is expensive in Europe. So we all filled our airplanes up and they all went in the air in the C5 sideways, you know. Um, So we loaded up at Kelly Air Force Base in San Antonio, uh, late afternoon departure. I'm actually invited to fly with the crew in the cockpit for whatever reason. I don't know. And I really wish I hadn't been there when this all went down. Uh, so we're climbing through 10,000 feet and we do a level off and there's all kinds of commotion going on in the cockpit and the crew chief comes back to me who happened to be about a 300 pound African American man and he straddles my jump seat hands both side of my head and he looks at me about five inches away and he says how much gas do you have in these airplanes (laughs) holy shit and I'm like "Uh, none sir (laughs) yeah pretty much and I'm like, well, what do you mean? He says, how much these airplanes hold? And I said, well, about 40 gallons. He says, well, they're all pissing gas. And what happened is the airplane, as the C-5 rotated, all the airplanes started venting. You know, because now your vent tubes are under under pressure from the gas. Oh, sure. So it vacuumed. So um, our electrically heated floor on the C-5 is now doused with gallons upon Holy gallons of 100 low shit. <laughs> so so <laughs> oh my god that's really scary yeah so we we turn yeah. around in our c5 <laughs> and land back at kelly air force base under emergency operations and we're met by kelly air force base personnel with hundreds of five gallon uh, kerosene containers and we siphoned all our airplanes out empty um i think we we were allowed to leave five gallons of gas in the main tank so <laughs> i opted for the second leg to go back to the cabin and not in the cockpit <laughs> <laughs> and we take off and rotate and climb out and through ten thousand feet uh, one of the people starts screaming, get down here now. One of our pilots was better than everybody else and didn't drain his fuel. <sighs> so 
um, his fuel vent, his fuel tank vent was rooted into his uh, uh, tailpipe, you know, the breather line. Yeah, yeah. So during the entire climb to whatever altitude we went to, uh, we took turns sticking our finger into the uh, crankcase breather line of a certain aerobatic airplane so that the fuel wouldn't piss all over the floor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, and then, and then after that, there were no C5 trips. Or maybe one year uh, after. And then ended, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. That, that was the last one, right? Um, I don't know no, for sure, but I... I 99 I did, think they, they did. did they do one more and, to spain uh, spain and then uh windmill told me when he got he was able to do it to uh where was that in france um okay yeah you know what i'm talking about um and that was it yeah <laughs> now we all so, have to pay like 20 grand a piece to ship airplanes thanks a lot so the guy <laughs> so yeah well for, for all of us really so we get to ramstein and and we're we're parked in this little grassy triangle, a knoll in, uh, in between some taxiways. They didn't, uh, give us a hangar. So we, we were very lucky. We had good weather, but we got back from Slovakia and, and it was pretty much drain your tanks. And we all got back (laughs) with a lot of fuel. So imagine eight U S aircraft pushed back in this grassy knoll, all draining their hundred low lead. America. A mil- in- yeah. <laughs> yeah. America, baby. <laughs> We're so, here. Yeah. Well, but we weren't for long, so we left. But apparently two or three weeks later, that whole grassy knoll, un- unexplained, turned turned brown and all the grass died. Gosh, how'd that so happen? we ended up we ended up burning down the Czech Republic, but we did good in the world. <laughs> yeah, so so Ramstein Air Base had to dig up that whole grassy knoll area with contaminants and and whatnot, and uh, it it was not a good scene. So. You know, I was thinking about like trying to find a contact and like write some letters to try to get some C five, you know, help. But there is just not a shot in hell that they would ever, ever even go for that again. So what you well, guys? you know, I, I think I, I think the only the only good thing is right now enough time has passed. All the people yeah. involved with that are probably gone. Yeah. You know, they're 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 oh sitting left seat on Delta Airlines somewhere now. You know, yeah. eating chicken or beef. So um, true. <laughs> But we, we had a, a real advocate on the United States Aerobatic Foundation. I don't remember his name, an older gentleman, and he had a real in with the Air Force. And, and I think he was, uh, if, if he had ever talked to Goulian about it, he'd, he'd remember the name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was an, an opportunity, really, that was uh, hurt. No, and, you guys, and, and you guys did and, well. And they were empty airplanes. I mean, C-5s were going there over there on training missions, and it was a training mission flight everyone um yeah so i mean these airplanes were not dedicated to us we were allowed on training flights yeah it'd be sweet to get that back wouldn't it i mean i mean really can you know all you guys competing at a world level and borrowed and rented airplanes it it's pointless uh, it's it's admirable but you could say really. it. you could say well, it's, it. a, it's a weird state of affairs because you don't get any money for it and you spend so much of your time and money to do it and it's like yep is the juice ever is it worth the squeeze really i mean i mean i guess that depends on who you are but it just yep. doesn't seem 
I don't know. The, the the road to get there doesn't sound very fun now. It Fun now, not at all. And the reward is what? Get a pretty sweet medal, I guess. Yeah, yeah sweet medal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. This has yeah. been fucking great. I feel like I learned a million. Oh, God. Man, so much I just, feel sleep tonight. I just, I just hope I haven't been a downer. I, there, Are you kidding some, me? All right. You've been the most, you've been more open than a porn star. This has been great. <laughs> Usually people no, are like, we'll be like, we'll be like, who's your rival? And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, everybody's great and everybody got along. And it's just like, stop the shit. Like, come on. We all just, held hands and. Oh, you yeah. know, so, so, so I'm going to, I don't know how close we are to ending this, but. I never finished my story about my rival and hating Michael Gullion. Oh my Ooh, god, yes. this is how we should end. Yes. Yes. Here so, we go. So I go to Maytown <laughs> in my brand new shiny monoplane. <laughs> this rich kid from Boston whose dad is buying him everything. <laughs> end of the weekend, I win. I'm like, and I'm like, F you, little Boston turd. Take your yeah. hairdo and, and, your, and your, you know, eyelids taped up to your forehead and you go home and you know, yeah. Suck my, you know what? Go get your hockey stick. Go get your yeah. shine go box. Get, go get your shine box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I took my wooden flak home, and I'm like, yeah, first place advanced Pennsylvania Aerobatic Championships. Yeah, I'm just gonna With etch my, my name right in there. <laughs> yeah, we're all excited. Matt. My Matt my C. phone rings. It's Larry Bayshore, the Chapter 58 president. He says, uh, Matt, Larry Bayshore, how you doing? I'm doing great, Larry. I'm celebrating my win. He says, listen, yeah. Um, About that. There was, a, <laughs> there was an error in the scoring here. and One of the judges' scores were left out. Um, you actually didn't win. Michael Goulian won. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Wait, they, do you still have the trophy, though? You know, I threw it away. And good. And Mike good. and Michael asked years it. later, Michael, Michael and I hosted an AOPA dinner up in Hartford. And and I told the story and then and Michael also told the story and he wanted his trophy back. <laughs> I might have to recreate this trophy and give this it to This is hilarious. Him. We should so. we should do a competition now and get Matt Chapman, Michael Goulian, and and just head to head. Let's battle it out. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, Matt, you have to. Uh, you bring a Christian Eagle, Gullion, like I was saying on Facebook. Goulian will fly a Cirrus and parachute in. A Cirrus. Cirrus, <laughs> <laughs> um, bitches. But but I I I gotta tell you, I I never really liked Michael. Um, for whatever. Don't reason. say anything I, nice. Don't go there. Don't don't end yeah. with the positives. You don't fuck yeah. him. <laughs> so. I made the team in 95, and and Phil Knight, Mike Goulian, and I hired Xavier Delapont, the French 94 world aerobatic champion, to come over and train us. And By the way, he's my favorite, so you better not talk shit about him. I've never Xavier? met him, but I, I, oh. I am like in awe of him. <laughs> the, the, the dude is... He's legendary. He's totally legendary. Yeah, he um, is, he's more than Leo, I gotta be honest. He's he's my Leo. Yep. yep. <laughs> he's and my so Leo. Wrong. And his his mind thinks very much like Rob Holland's. When, yeah, when I you mean, sit I, and have a conversation him? with them and talk about airplanes, you can see Xavier and Rob's minds work very much alike. But <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, wait, what happened? My, yeah. Michael and Michael and I 
uh, bonded that weekend over several drinks and have been absolutely best buddies ever since. I was in his wedding. Uh, my birthday's his anniversary, his anniversary to Karen. Um, and we're, we're always checking in. Michael is, Michael is out of all the people I've met in, in my, in my lifetime of air show flying and competition flying, Michael is my nearest and dearest friend. Uh, you say so, that about all the boys. Yeah, I do. You're right. <laughs> That's my line. I've used that before. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's awesome. I love him. And, um, oh, he's, you know, he's like, a, yeah, I think that. And I, and I don't think you realize this a lot either, Matt, is that you know you and, and Mike and um, who else could we rattle off here, uh, Mark? Um, no, like, like Kirby. I don't think you guys realize like how much of an impact you have on competition pilots to this day. No. Like, it's fucking, it's a lot. It's a big impact. And, um, and Mark and I and people in our age group, I guess, we're in like awe of that late 90s era. Or at ninety four to ninety nine or ninety eight era when it was like yeah. full impact sponsors and you guys were just in it just seemed like out. the highlight. That's really interesting, and I and and thank you both for saying that. That's that's well, really I wasn't enlightening. You. I was just that was personal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I didn't take it as a compliment. <laughs> No, I'm I, I, no, I was kind of comparing it to my own obsession with, you know, guys from the 70s. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, you know, because I, I, I went through that same thing. And quite honestly, you know, I, I like to, I don't know. I'd always, uh, this is weird. You know, when I gave my, my acceptance speech at ICAST the year I retired and they, they presented me with an award, I, I just... One of the airshow producers from Oshkosh came up, Dennis Dunbar, and he just said, you know, Matt Chapman's just this quiet, unassuming guy, and he'd go to your airshow that you hire him for, and he'd just do his his job quietly and unassumingly. And that's how I approach competition aerobatics as well. And and I think when you're there and you're doing it, 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 in my case, I wasn't there to do it for accolades or, you know, to show off or, or be somebody. I did it because I, I loved it. And I think that's why we're all here is because this is just something we love to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's totally there's passionate. really nothing in this shit for any of us other than no. <laughs> personal satisfaction. So, yeah. you know, t- to hear to hear that um, that I've had an impact on on any level. And, and no, you still do. Not, not oh my profound gosh. levels, but to hear that from people, especially that are involved with it today, really does mean a lot. And um, we we've not spoken about my sponsor uh, for air shows, but you know, working with Emmy Riddle. Uh, it, thank you, Emmy Riddle. Um, let let the guy speak, da- Mark. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Daytona Beach and Prescott, Arizona, worldwide <laughs> and online. <laughs> Uh, I'm an alum. Represent. Campuses. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to 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 have the opportunity for 13 years, I had the opportunity to unknowingly influence kids to go do certain things in aviation or their career, and meet them years later and have them come up to me and 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 thank me for what I did to them was just a, a really profound and humbling experience. Um, I was doing a show out in California a couple years ago and this guy walked up to me 
he was in an Air Force uniform with a U2 patch on. And he said, Mr. Chapman, my name is, and I honestly don't remember what it was. And he says, I've got a picture to show you. And he showed me this picture on his phone of this eight-year-old kid standing next to my laser with me with my arm around him. On a laser? Jeez. Yeah, back Quakertown, Pennsylvania. And he had his thumb up. And he said, my mom took me to every air show you ever flew in our area, and you were my hero, and you're the reason I joined the Air Force so I could so I could fly airplanes. That's and now awesome. he's a U- and he's a U two guy out in California, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! Um, and then I was out at Embry Riddle during my last air show in Prescott, my last show there actually, and I had an F sixteen guy come up to me and do the same thing. Um, I let him sit in my airplane in Jacksonville years ago during the air show there and spent time with him and his, and his dad talking about uh, flying and opportunities. And he had just checked out an F-16s and, and that- he, he thanked me for it. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. This doesn't that is happen. So, cool. so um, that's the real reward, not to be super cheesy, but that I love stuff no, like that. It's so it's cool. Absolutely. The reward. Um, What's going yeah, on with now, the Amber Riddle sponsorship now? Is anybody going to carry that on it, or are they just going to no, end it? No, it's done. It's done. Um, when I retired, um, they opted to go in other directions, and uh, wisely so, with a 2020 air show season being non-existent, and 21 sure. is probably going to be a little off to a, a slow start. Um, the airplane is still in my hangar. Um, we're discussing next step with that. But no, I, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. You'll see a blue and gold airplane uh, gracing the skies at, with the air show business, unfortunately. It, it was quite mm-hmm. an opportunity and it was fun. But I'll tell you what, 13 years uh, shelf life in the air show industry was oh my gosh. pretty impressive. Super impressive. Dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, he... they, they, they committed to it. And, and I think they really created kind of an iconic image with the airplane in the industry. So I'm, I'm I, really, I can't think of a. Really I can't think of a longer title sponsor than that and Oracle. It's for for a major single ship team. Yeah, Oracle, possibly Red Baron, but that was a corporate owned entity. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If 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 there's one out there, yeah, Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bull. Ha, maybe Brightling. Yeah, Red Bull. <laughs> yep. Brightling, yep. maybe I don't know. Dan Martin's been sponsored by Brightling for a long time. Yeah. That's a good point, yep. Mark. There's no Brightling U.S. sponsors. We should. They we pulled should out. Them. They did. They really. They, they restructured out. everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're not doing any single ship. Uh, not in the U.S. that I know of. Um, and no, I don't know. Been, yeah. The, yeah, they've realized that's another. Them. That's another person who I wish we get back into aerobatics is uh, Linda Myers when she had her cap. I heard she was really impressive to watch. Um, when she was flying in '94, '92, I think, or something like that. Um. What an you, error. you want to ha- yeah. here? Here's one for you. You want me and Goulian to get together and fly for a little competition? Yes. yes. Why not get Linda Myers and Patty Wagstaff to compete yes. against each other? Oh man, <laughs> yes. you are like creating like what was that show they had on uh, MTV or Comedy Central? Yeah. Celebrity World? Deathmatch. Oh, there no, we go. We're gonna do like a, we're gonna do a clay model of it called Celebrity Deathmatch. Okay, Dude. Patty and Linda are gonna come out. Oh that would be god. unreal. That would be unreal. It would oh my be. god! I'd, I'd pay to see great. that. 
I'd pay to see that. <laughs> Dude, there's so much stuff. This is going to be the best episode we've ever done, by the way. But there is so oh, much yeah. stuff that, like, when Mark and I talk, like, offline or in group chats where it's, like, you know, like, and not talking about drama stuff all the time, too, but where it's, like, oh, my God, if Chapman and Gulian were flying a contest, I would fly across the country to watch oh. them fly. Oh, I'd, I'd pay. pay. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% yeah, you, would pay. Like, there's so much, like, stuff. And that's kind of why we did this podcast, too. Um, is because nobody's talking about this shit. And it's like, who at this point, like, who cares? Like, the IC is 4,000 members. Out of 4,000, like, who really, it's not going to fuck with your real life anyway. And, like, this is supposed yep. to be fun. And, like, just talk about shit. And, like, sometimes it's not good. Sometimes, but, like, that's why Mark, you know, Mark really did a really great job with with always posting stuff on his Facebook page, the aerobatic pilot thing, because that's the most action of people talking that has ever happened in the history of I in IAC or aerobatics in general. Like nobody's talked this much ever that I can remember. Like I don't know. pretty about true. It's circles. It's like, active. Talking openly public. Yeah. You know, and, and you guys talked it's a great. couple minutes ago too about the, the aerobatic era of the eighties and nineties and how important they are to you and what you guys are doing today. Tell me yeah. one book you guys have been able to read written by an air show guy or aerobatic guy of that era. They don't exist. Well, you got Mike. Mike wrote it. Wrote uh, Mike, the, the books Mike co-wrote, I guess. Um, they were instructional, though. They, oh, you're talking about just about the about, oh, about like the lifestyle. The people, the industry. You're right. You're right. No, it doesn't exist. You know, you're absolutely you know, right. The, the, the Dwayne Coles... Um, you know, the, the Marion Coles, none of those people, you know, all those books are, are, are body gone now. I think the last one probably was Wagstaff and I, and I, I actually never read it and Hoover. Yeah, I never read that either. Um, but I have Hoover's there's, book. There's so but much, yeah. there's so much history to our sport over the last 20, 30 years that nobody's written about yeah. and we're all getting older and nobody's put it on paper yet. And you will. I can see you the, doing it. The though the best person in the world to do it would be Debbie Gary. She knows everybody. She was in it in the sixties, uh, in the seventies. She was vital as an air show performer up until fairly recently in the Marchetti and her Pitts Model Twelve. And we're gonna have to get her on the show. You would have and, to. That would be and she and she's an author, so. Yeah, we're gonna get her on the show. You gotta be here because we don't know her that well. So you gotta uh -huh. like, you gotta, what do you call that? Uh, mediate. I don't know. <laughs> or moderate. Then moderate a little bit just to get her to, because she's not gonna talk to two schmucks like us. Well, you know, the other thing too is 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 if you get somebody mm -hmm. with all the information and you have somebody at the other end or a couple other people at the other end that can pull the stories out of them. Oh my yeah. God. And the other person that would love to do this with you, any air show announcer for starters, but Danny, <laughs> Danny Clisham. Oh yeah. That guy. Oh awesome. yeah. I mean, there again, he's been an air show announcer. He's now a for legendary. 50, yeah. 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, guy is awesome. I yeah, can, and then he I can hook you up. <laughs> no, Sweet. We're well. We're gonna call you in on that. And then, like, you know what the other thing too is. And for all you listening out there, well, first off, we really appreciate it. But if anybody thinks that Matt is serious about trash talking, Mike, you're an idiot. 
because oh, but yeah. like that's what our sport needs is like this like drama or like this funny rivalry like nobody's like that's what i was talking with mark about a couple episodes ago whereas like i want to create like a fake rivalry with somebody so everybody's like oh shit you know jeff like totally hates this or called him a dick or whatever and it's like oh and then he responded to this and oh they're gonna meet at nationals and they're gonna try to like it's fun and it like creates like a story or something and it and it gets this makes it a sport i get i don't know but it's yeah. fun you know it's fun do to you, trash talk do, do either of you guys remember uh a cap yes 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 that was that A-cap. little air show contest that like you and Gulian and rocky hill you yes. guys all did right and we yeah. hated each other we hated yeah. each other and they it marketed fun. it they marketed yeah. it oh I remember. and they and they had us fighting on camera and they were and they were showing us fighting on camera and pushing yeah. each other so i remember gooing like it was getting all hockey style on you guys oh my gosh <laughs> to get that where where would those where would those tapes be i have no idea I don't. Oh my God. gosh! That might have been that might have been before film was invented. I mean, it yeah. was certainly before social media. Yeah. No, before before an air show or a competition, Gulen used to watch him trash talking Chapman on like repeat, get all pumped up. <laughs> 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 and there's another guy who was great, Rocky Hill. That guy, was Rocky fun. Hill. Never, that that's a fun. legend. Yeah. yeah. He his wife told him he had to quit. Yep. He was Usually. he he was not far from biting the big one. Yeah, he was he was full force. <laughs> I hear about the stories like Jim Jim Pites would tell like I did my extra check out with him a long time ago and um he would tell me stories of like Wayne Hanley and Rocky Hill and just hearing about the the stuff that these guys would do you know during Wasn't training. Rocky and, Hill running nitrous in his motor. Wow, I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, just, I thought I heard just a rumor a while ago. Hearing the stuff they're breaking on extras and 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 the stuff they were doing, it's just like, oh my god, yeah, really, pu- really pushing it. Yep, nuts. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, good time. I mean, some of the guys they were running like these mo these motors that some of the guys were running were just stupid compression. Oh, insane! <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, because because nobody on Long Island would ever run engines like that. Uh, nobody, Miller. No, nobody. <laughs> Rhymes with for Miller. <laughs> guy was just fanatic. Eleven to one compression. Power. Oh, dude, it would fly in front of you, and you would hear it. You would feel it in your chest. It was just like, holy shit! <laughs> what, what do you have in that thing? <laughs> Thirty six hundred RPM. Yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy yeah, stuff. Just, good, t- yeah. good times. All good, good people. Times. Oh, I love it. Love it. Oh, man. Well, thanks for coming on, Matt. I feel like we're, we're going to have you It's back been an honor, just... man. It's, it's been fun. Jeff, Mark, I, I'm really, when Jeff you Mark, ask me to do... I barely know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have my note here saying Jeff and Mark. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I had to look just, at it before I said that. I was ready but, uh, for you to be like, all right, Jack and Mike, thanks a lot. <laughs> so... So let me ask you a question for you guys and, and, and to help uh, spread the word. Um, if, if you would s- just message me or, or post it on my Facebook page, something about uh, fly cool shit and let me know and I'll spread the word and to, to my followers and try to. That would uh, actually be fantastic because we're the, looking the, to the build get into that. Up. And Absolutely. Real, 
youngster millennial market, I think they would get a kick out of this shit. You know who else gets a kick out of it? Are the model airplane guys. They eat this yes. stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, gotta, and, it's a, yeah. and it's a big group of people, let me tell you. Sure is. Oh, my God. That's why I'm excited. And I know we got to, we got to. We got to end soon, but that's why, I, that's why, and I'll say it out loud. I did vote for Jim Burke and I'm really proud of it because I, I feel too. like he did so much for the RC market. And if he can bring some of that knowledge in to help grow the IAC, I think he's our best bet and he's brilliant. You I know, agree. I'm and really he's the excited. first person in years to be able to think outside the uh, microcosm of yes. uh, old fashioned IAC thinking and yes. the club mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And if he can't do it, I don't know that it can be done. I agree. I agree. He's he's the man for the job. Yeah. Jury's still out. He still has work to do. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an uphill. It's an uphill thing. And and what we're almost a we're are we over a year into it? Yeah, I think so. A little bit over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I'm crossing fingers and I know everybody is and hoping for the best. Tough. He's inherited a lot. and COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, Matt, yeah. is there anything um, is there anything you want to promote? Obviously, uh, you're a retired superstar, but is there anything you want to promote before we kind of end here? <laughs> no, man, this is this has been fun. Thank you for remembering who I was, and um, you know, it was it was an amazing 37 year ride, 17 years competing, 37 years doing air shows. Um, I got to be honest with you, though, I probably retired a year or two too late. And um, there are several things about the business I miss, but uh, overall, I'm super glad that I retired. I went out on top. I went out, uh, you know, the way I wanted to. Absolutely. Um, you know, got to fly with the Blue Angels on my last show, and um, lots of good memories. Lots of good friends came down to to be a part of it, and uh, haven't looked back. Can't wait to see the business rebound and and go see my friends again doing what they love to do. And uh, there's even a part of me that hopes in the not too distant future to maybe get some uh, younger aspiring aerobatic pilots some duel and get yes. them to local contests uh, yes. as well. Hell yeah, hell we'll yeah. See how man. my deal with the with with things go here, but uh, so we'll we'll be doing that. You guys will see me a little bit here and there. We'll keep us posted, and if there's anything that you want to come back on to promote or anything you want us to put out there, we're here. I appreciate it, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know the 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 three hours now. Uh, it Holy only feels shit, like is about it three hours. Yeah, only feels three like hours. about only about six. So <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a solid two fifty. Yeah, yeah. solid two fifty. Uh, you know, for for a sixty year old guy that's had three beers, I'm impressed. I only had to take a leak once, so. <laughs> Beat that, Goulian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if Goulian had two beers, he'd be drunk right now. So That's right. Oh, my God. We should totally set him up and be like, just make sure you have a bottle of water next to you for your voice, and we'll keep him on for like four hours, make him take like 10 just bricks. <laughs> that, would, that would be funny. Actually, we got to get Goulian and me in the same room and do this, and I'll get him drunk while we're doing this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Then the real I love it. Out. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. This was actually this was actually multiple times more fun than I thought it was going to be, and I love the I love awesome. the way you guys make it feel and the questions you asked and the conversations you brought up. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. And, and you know something? How'd you get started in flying? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, 
And this is kind of misleading. You never actually asked me about any of the cool shit that I've flown. We don't care. Well, I guess that means we have to have you on. We got to do a part two. I'm really glad you didn't because I haven't flown that much cool shit. So it's all good. (laughs) It's all about trash talking on here. That's all we do. That's it. I love it. Sign me up. Trash talking and steroids. Cool, guys. (laughs) All right, man. No, seriously. Thanks, dude. I hope to see you soon. You got to get together. Look forward to it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 